It is a very sleepy Sunday evening edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. Ooh, baby, late night talk radio on Wrestling FM. Brought to you by sleepy and possibly a little bit sick Barry. Ooh, wait, I hope you enjoy my nasally voice for the next two hours talking all your pop culture needs. Joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-host. First of all, it's Paul. Ooh, hello there. ASMR. Ooh, let me... Do I have something to... Jiggle. Do you have some, do you have some like oh. Pringles you oh. can break up in your hand? Oh, or cotton buds. Ooh. All right, Ooh. okay. Ooh. Rub it on the microphone. Ooh. There you go. Also, it's this show who looks repulsed by what he's just seen and heard. Yeah, I, I'm also feeling quite sick. I've actually got a hot water bottle. Oh, um, wow. Look at that. There. It's so cold in this room. Um, but I actually am more repulsed by what I just heard than, than how I was feeling. I think I've got like, worse since this, start, this show started. Being, be, having a bit of a cold and feeling cold is not great, but either, oh, you can't really. There's something nice about the hot water bottle under the jumper, and you can only do it when you're not feeling well. You wouldn't just do Ooh. it of a, of a random so, Sunday. Makes me so, a little bit fat. Yeah, <laughs> Joe's got Santa mode going on. It is, of course, the last November of um, uh, last <laughs> the November last November of, of our lives. Last November, the world is ending. That was the breaking news this week. Um, uh, you know, it is the last. It is the last weekend of November. Toy Show weekend, of course. Did you watch the Toy Show? Paul's not here on the telly. Off. I didn't. It was fairly. It was. It was all right. It was a solid one. I will say, Kielty did a great job. I heard I that Kielty was very good. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Kielty is more of an actual television presenter than anyone <laughs> who's done it in twenty years since not since since Old Burn uh, wrapped yeah. it up. Uh, so, but it was. But I wouldn't. But, wasn't that part of the charm, though, was that Tuberty was a little bit... Rubbish. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 was. no, not rubbish. Eh. He was a little bit off with the kids. Like, he wanted to be the star of the show. Yes. And yeah. he was, like, a little bit jealous of them. And was trying oh, yeah, I would to say that push it, them it, away. If you if you enjoy the toy toy show sort of sort of for the train wreck factor and and, yeah. and and with a bit of irony, I would say he he doesn't deliver there, but he was much more of like an actual host. I will say. Well, he's Thumbs got some he's got some kids of that age. Yeah, yeah. So um, he seems he, like he'd be he's better a, a younger man. I haven't watched. I don't, I don't watch the late late show, but I haven't watched any of this stuff. But yeah, uh, he, he did well. He did well. So that's that's no, toy show. Everyone rough. who I would typically watch it with was like away. Yeah. So. Yeah. Toy Show for me is a very communal experience. I wasn't course, just yeah. wa- watching on my own. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched some uh, dystopian sci-fi instead. Okay. Uh, well, is that coming up later on in in a guff? It is. Oh, teaser, teaser, teaser. Um, uh, so part of the reason I'm I'm sounding kind of slightly run down and tired is that on the cat update uh, for this week. Uh, I've been to the vet, I think, almost every day this week. Um, uh, now, admittedly, some of those, including today, were a food pickup because the kitty is on special food now, vet approved food. And he had an appointment and then he also had a follow up because he wasn't doing too well. And then the dog also had for months a scheduled uh, visit this week. So I have just been in that vet this week non-stop the cat is fine the cat is having no major issues he's just he's a, he's a widow kitty he is very young he's a little baby and we think there might be a combination of of settling into his new home getting used to things and changing his food and so on and so forth that has given him a little bit of upset tummy yeah um uh so so that has been kind of exhausting there has been there has been no lions this weekend because it's been early rises to not only not only give the dog the dog's medicine that the dog gets but also to swaddle the cat like a baby which is the only way <laughs> i can 
get him to open his mouth and take the syringe of medicine, um, which I will say he's actually gotten quite good at. He just he ju- he does just take it now. I found out the hard way though that just grabbing him and just trying to put it in. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like the old. Will you just take the syringe for me very politely? No, 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 no. Um, but um, but yeah, would you be able one. to like put it in with food at all? So they uh, would I say so, no. No, so so the previous lot of medicine he was on, um, yes. When we went back and we're like, he's he's you know his poops are kind of funny looking and he's kind of lethargic. They were like, okay, here's new stuff. This this stuff he's on now, it, it tastes way more medicine-y, so they will not eat their food if you put it in their food. Right, so right, right, it has right. to be the figure out a way to syringe him. Uh, which, like I said, it's actually it, it's it's very adorable. I wrap him up like the baby Jesus uh, yeah. uh, in a, in a in a little in a white throw, which is Brona's. So she found that out when I came over. Like I've been wrapping him in this, by the way. Um, uh, and then I just, I just go, come on, just please, just be cooperative and take it, and he takes it. Um, but he's all good. There's nothing seriously wrong with him. He's full of beans, running around, causing havoc today, which is good. But uh, I tell you, these kids, these kids, these hospital bills. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the biggest workout I've gotten this week has been on the old card machine. Let me tell you, <laughs> uh, it's never been and in better condition. Did the Niles name stick in the end? No, no, actually, we didn't. Okay. We didn't. We we ended up going with Elmo. Okay. Because um, uh, now he's he's a little bit too childish, a little bit too boisterous for Niles. We didn't think Niles uh, stuck, but uh, yeah. So that's Elmo for you. Uh, other than that, fairly uh, fairly standard week on my end. What about you, boys? Before we get into the the, the packed wrestling news from this week. Uh, well, we saw the news from Dublin City Centre in the week. <laughs> the hor- horrible news of the the stabbing mm. of children in the city centre. Um, mm which led to riots and uh, so on and so forth. So I had, uh, you know, so I was thinking, okay, maybe it's better to uh, stay away from the city center. I mean, it turned out that pretty much after Thursday night, there was very little of further aggression and so on. But I said, probably better to stay away from the city center for the time being, just to be on the safe side. Yeah. I don't want to get involved in any, Agro, mm. uh, except I had bought f- tickets to the rugby match about half an hour before the riots began. Oh, no. <laughs> so we did make our way in. There was a, a big rugby match in the Aviva Stadium between Leinster and Munster. And now I, as a noob, self-professed rugby fan, I said, oh, well, th- that's the big game of the year. Might be good to go along to it. Might be a bit of crack. Oh, the country's on fire. Yeah. So we did go in. We, we did avoid the city centre, though. We got a train to Connolly Station and then immediately a connecting Dart, which right. is the, right. the regional train, uh, Dart down to Lansdowne Road, right outside the stadium. So we didn't go anywhere in the city centre. Um, the game was very good. We were sitting right in the very, very last row, at the very top of the stadium. Okay. Which meant but- we're, we're very far away, but conversely, we had a very good view yeah. of the whole pitch. The worst thing I feel like when you go to a live game of any kind is to be down one end and close to the pitch because if the ball is up the other side, you cannot see what's happening. You have no idea what's happening. I mean, rugby especially, they're getting all in each other's faces. It's like you have no idea what you're looking at yeah. if you're close so to the ground. So we had a good, good old view, but we were very far away, almost to the point that I, I as, as someone who's not a fan of heights, was getting a little bit like... Yeah. I, was lo- I was looking off because we were, we, we were almost like in line with the roof of the stadium. And I was like, oh, what, what would happen if I was hanging off that? I, I might, I might, so I, I was, I was causing myself, like not vertigo, but like I definitely, I, I was getting little, like prickly arms and going, oh, this is, this is very high up. I, I'm not really a fan of this, but the match was very good. And then we 
got the got the bus home, which did go through the city center, and it was all quiet and normal. There were I, we did see a few guards around. I don't know if there was a uh, seems to be an increased police, uh, because, yeah, uh, big, presence. Uh, big presence, yeah. But it seemed like there was nothing going on anyway. It was all fairly straightforward. Um, but that was pretty much uh, it for what I was up to. We obviously watched the footy today, including a very good goal. Joe, imagine you watched that. Mm-hmm. Yep, did see that. Uh, which was funny because normally when you know, normally when you see one of these crackers into the top corner from thirty yards out, almost the second it leaves the foot, you yeah. you you know it's a goal. You go, oh my god, what a goal! I didn't realize this until it had actually gone in. And that was when it had registered for me. Oh, my God. That was actually a goal. Barry, if you hadn't seen it, a crazy overhead kick from the edge of the box into the top corner. Yeah. Uh, two minutes into the Man United game. White word. Oh, two what? minutes in. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Ah, crazy goal. Um, and then United did obviously win, which was nice. I did watch also the Liverpool City game, expecting that the top two teams in the league were going to deliver a barnstorming uh, advertisement for the game. Uh rather than the KG one all mm-hmm. with not a lot of chances that they actually ended up having. Um but yeah, it, it it's definitely an interesting football season this year in terms of there's no outlier at the top of the league. Mm-hmm. There's like eight points or so between the top seven, eight teams. It's it's all yeah. very close. It looks like we might have a good good old fashioned run in this season and we'll knock on wood and hope that it's not not Man City or Newcastle. Uh, who win? We like the, you know, maybe Spurs or Villa. Let, let's have Aston Villa win the league. Why not? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, surprising given that we've been in crisis all season. We are six six only, points off the top. <laughs> we're four points off Liverpool, five points off City. I mean, I'd have taken not, that at the start of the year. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, still, in, still in that Champions League contention. Oh yeah, not not for this season, but maybe for next season. Mm. Anyway, how's your week been? Uh, yeah, it was good. So we had friends. Um, some of Michelle's friends were visiting from Los Angeles for the first time. Um, so we were taking them around London for a few days. Did all the tourist hotspots. Uh, Oxford Street on a Saturday, which was uh, <laughs> I love that like nightmare. It's <laughs> a fucking night. They, they did actually ask like. Why is it so busy? What's going? Is there something happening today? Is there an event? And I was like, No, it's just like this every day. Oh, yeah, they're now. selling twelve quid sandwiches. You can only get that today in London. Um, you know, <laughs> it was it was crazy. It was like Christmas Eve. It was just a random uh, Saturday in November. Um, yeah, that was fun. Tower of London, which was a lot interesting. I haven't been to since I was a little kid, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, a few other. I've walked around a lot. A few other places. Ate a lot of food. We did all the big ones. We did fish and chips. Did the full English breakfast. Delicious. Um, and I also, they came around to ours and I cooked a lovely uh, roast dinner. Oh, a Joe uh, special. Roast, roasty beef, roasty potatoes. Oh, hell yeah. Yorkshire puddings and veg. So they were Fabulous. very, very yeah. happy with that. Maybe next time I'm over, there might be a little bit of special treatment for El Paul. Well, <laughs> well, Although mean, the, fact, the fact that there is a McDonald's so close. Um, <laughs> crossing the Atlantic versus oh, yeah, crossing the Irish Sea, you know. Yeah. <laughs> UV and plenty of roast dinners. Yeah, mm. it's also a novelty for I them. Certainly have. <laughs> 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 Too many, some might say. Oh no! Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, no, no. Come on now. Uh, come on now. Come on. Um, 
So yeah, it was all good. Yeah, and they, they went off home. And then the rest of this week, yeah, pretty chill. And then not been feeling good this weekend. A bit, uh, bit, a bit, uh, so, uh, but I didn't want to miss, we, you know, we missed last week. I didn't want to miss another week. Yeah, no, no, shit happened. We are... If nothing consistent on this show, we <laughs> so we may be nothing. We prove, um, if we, yeah, you know, people might say that the podcast isn't very good. It's not insightful. It, yeah, just random nonsense a lot of the time. But the, we're here every bloody week. That's what that's I right. tell you. The quizzes that's are good, know, is what they say. You know what you're getting. That's what they're saying on the street. That is what they're saying on the street. Um, right. We do have a lot to get to. Uh, a lot of wrestling. Um, and if you thought Punk Watch was was done for 2023, then you don't know nothing about nothing because it is in fact back. I I, I would say that like obviously there was tons of speculation and rumors and people were excited. I I did go to sleep last night just not even really thinking he would come back. I just I I wasn't really moved by any of the evidence. And WWE had dropped a lot of little references and hints and X Y Z. But I think my wrestling brain is so broken that I always take that to mean it's not happening. And so I, I assumed he, he wasn't. Um, uh, but yeah, CM Punk back. He uh, he just showed up at the end of the show, did his entrance. Everyone went crazy. One of the biggest pops in years. And that was it. No no inclination as to what he's going to do just yet. Uh, no. But pretty much just a, a declarative statement that he was back. Um, so, so there we go in WWE. And, and I mean, much like much like his, his AEW comeback, his, the first a, the, the, the 2021 comeback, I mean, it's it's funny that every time he comes back, he looks like he's lost 10 years. Like he's he's mm, he's yeah. looking younger and fresher face than ever. He looked tremendous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I suppose all we can really do at this stage, a few hours after the reveal that he's back and nothing else we can say is, what do we think? What's, what's, what's to come? And I suppose the most interesting question for us is, are you in any way compelled to say, all right, I will at least stick on his segment from Raw during the week? Paul's shaking his head. No. Um, it's a funny old situation because, I mean, we've had the Ultimate Warrior return. We've yes. had Brett return. Uh, I think wrestling is is more than anything else in industry where you can never say never. 100%. Um, but, you know, there's, there's an element of sadness to it in terms of, it not working out at AEW. Because, mm. um, you know, many times since, not necessarily since he was let go, but even since the first uh, all-out presser, you know, I, sometimes I just find myself thinking back to that first Rampage when he came back and how happy we all were and how yeah. out of this world it was. And, you know, we can get into a bigger conversation maybe down the line. I know we've got a lot to talk about today. We won't, we won't have time necessarily for a... Uh, explain Anna hmm. let me think about it for a second here the old, uh, gimmick, the old gimmick brother um, but about, about you know the 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 goodwill that AEW had versus WWE being the the uh, federation that fans kind of hate watched to an extent yeah, how, how yeah. that's kind of flipped 180 100% um, and CM Punk coming back definitely feels like it plays into that. Um God, it's 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 just uh on the other hand, one thing that's been in the forefront of my mind today since his return is if he had never come back to AEW and he had only done his stint in UFC and then last night returned finally to WWE, you would say, you know what? Water under the bridge in in twenty fourteen he was going through some or twenty thirteen going through some shit and you know what he's older wiser uh f- forgive and forget let's move on and make some great tv 
Except we know that that's not necessarily the case. If anything, he's harder to deal with now than he was when he walked out the first time. Yeah. Uh, a man prone to fits of furious rage. Uh, and, and you know, you might say, well, WWE are not going to uh, be accepting of yeah. the kind of behavior he showed off in AW, which I think is, is true to an extent. I mean, I think it was Meltzer who made a point, which I think, thought was a very good point, about respect. How much respect did CF, CM Punk ultimately have for the institution of AEW versus mm. what does he have for WWE? But does that make him any easier to work with necessarily? Not not even from the point of view of is he going to start swinging the moment someone makes a somewhat adjacent comment about yeah, yeah. him or, or whatever. But even in terms of yeah, <laughs> even in terms of like the storylines that he would potentially be involved in and how much input he would have in those and what he's. Now, based on his first interview from 2013, 2014, what, what is he ultimately going to be happy with, not happy with? Um, and there's a lingering part of me that's like, you know what? We don't watch WWE. We don't necessarily like WWE. But you know, I, I, from the point of view of the wrestling world, it would be nice. We've talked about the, the people moving back and forth between companies. It would be nice if these things worked out for the people involved. Totally. But... Will it ultimately work out for CM Punk? I would, I would lean towards the no side that this will eventually go down in flames as well. Um, maybe not as visibly and publicly as yeah, WWE, but I, I'm kind of leaning on this will probably have a more boring outcome, which is I, I don't think he's going to have a blow up here. I think he's probably, first of all, because I mean. 10 years later, older, wiser, bigger star, so on and so forth, have to imagine he got himself a cushy deal. I, uh, you know, that hasn't but been he, reported he had, he anywhere. He had a cushy deal in AEW, though. But, but, but there, there's more to it than that. I would say he has a cushy deal. And yeah, it's it, it, like, I do think the, the respect thing, I think, is, is a very interesting thing that I think there's no two ways about it he didn't he didn't respect tony he may have liked him i'm sure they probably had lots of fun conversations about wrestling i'm sure they're cut from the same cloth in terms of what wrestling they like and stuff like that but i the thing i've been thinking about a lot in the last 12 hours in particular is that is just the image of that press conference meltdown when he like he's not just doing that speech he's sitting right next to tony khan and it's kind of like no matter how much he bitches about WWE management and Triple H specifically, personally, I mean, well documented issues. I can't in my mind's eye conjure the the image of him doing that in WWE. I just don't think he would. Obviously, he went on that podcast mm-hmm. with Cabana and he caught loose. He told all these stories and he was he was he was so angry and so on and so forth. But I just cannot picture him doing those things on WWE television i i do think there is a a weird begrudging you know classic it, it kind of mm. like brett a weird wrestling only has this type of thing begrudging respect thing where i feel like if this doesn't work out i think he'll probably grumble he'll probably he'll probably be annoyed he'll clench his fist he'll probably have some minor disagreements with people that we might not even hear about because they'll be so minor and then in two years time he'll just leave i i i i i am anticipating sadly that there's these probably going to be just a very boring conclusion to this which is his contract might wind up and and he calls it he calls it quits um yeah he's not a young man and he he's somewhat injury prone as we've seen lately as well yeah he's he's gonna get injured in his first match back that's what's gonna happen the other thing as well is in terms of the match quality is it he was not he was good at aw don't get me wrong 
But there was a certain element of smoke and mirrors to his matches in terms mm. of he bled, he bled a lot. He uh, he uh, had you know dog collar match and so on. When I think of Punk's best moments or best matches in AW, they're not like clinics he put on with Daniels. No. Like so, so what do you do in C in with CM Punk in WWE where he is going to be somewhat handcuffed in terms of what he can do in his matches? Yeah. Um, like when the big thing that's that not, seems- in WWE, that's not the point. I suppose WWE has done this thing now, which I'll get onto more in my Survivor Series review because I did watch the last twenty five minutes of Survivor Series live. Go on. Um, is they have this this uh, new ma- they've developed this new main event style which is half match, half promo. Yeah. <laughs> which I don't get on with at all. That's just no, my me. taste. I don't like. But maybe that'll play into Punk. I mean, he's obviously uh, verbally very strong. So he could, now with this new main event layout that WWE used, maybe that will play into his strength somewhat. Yeah, I think he's, he's also smart enough that when he was in AEW, he knew he could do... I can do a dog collar match and I can bleed buckets and I can reference Piper and Valentine in my promo and this audience gets it and the booker likes it and that's great. I think he's also smart enough to know that I, I think I think he knows what the what the modern WWE main event is. And I think it has almost in a weird way, it's not the same, but the current style is almost like a modernized version of the 80s where it's the audience really is it is a lot of call and response and not just literal call and response where you're finishing the catchphrases and stuff but it just seems like their audience is really into the signature spots and the the you know um uh, things like that i mean i remember this was this was dec- a decade ago at this stage but i remember like melser once talking about how you know WWE fans react to things they recognize whereas the trendy indies at the you know ring of honor or pwg whatever they they pop for things they've never seen before Mm. Um, and and WWE got out of that for a while when they did sign up the Bryans and the Punks and the so on and so forth but now I think they're kind of back to that now where it's kind of like they they have these larger than life characters or what they're pushing is larger than life characters and and the fans are really into those guys doing their stuff you know what I mean they like Cody Rhodes coming out he does the whoa he throws the belt and then he has his signature spots and he has his finisher and 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 he next week and tomorrow night on Raw after the pay-per-view he'll come out and he'll do a little single tear down the cheek and they'll love it I think Punk can adapt to that thing really really well um so yeah I I, I don't think he'll be using the same smoke and mirrors as as AW but I think he'll I think he'll figure it out I think he, you know, obviously the big program they're teasing is him and Rollins. I don't think he's going to go out there and try and do a contemporary Logan Paul, Seth Rollins, um, you know, spectacle. I don't think he's going to do that. But he's also, he's always been the type that he's had a sensible head on his shoulders. Right? He doesn't have to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious though. Yeah. Like, I also don't think I'd be compelled to watch weekly. I'll probably watch whatever he does tomorrow just to see it. But the first pay-per-view match, I'll be fascinated to, to see. Yeah, I have to imagine the first pay-per-view match will be a somewhat throwaway opponent in terms of if they want to do Rollins, I, I have to imagine that'll be a WrestleMania. Has to be a Mania match. Yeah, that'll that's... be Mania, Mania Night 1 main event. CM Punk finally gets his pay- WrestleMania main event with a big <laughs> asterisk. With a big asterisk, asterisk yeah. 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 Is this the main event? Fucking so I, I would think month one, Ugh. you do a Miz or something just to get him with a win on the board. Yeah. Here's a, here's a here's a prediction question for you guys. Do we ever see in WWE the long tights? 
Yeah, I suppose. Or do they yeah. want CM Punk as he's no. been presented all the, ever since he was in WWE with the, with the the shorties? They want the pants. They want the under underoos. They want they want Captain Underpants. You think? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not going to allow that. Okay, no, Fair, you're probably right. Silliness. They want um, they want the image that's on all their video games and and documentaries already. Yeah, you know? they want well, that. You know, to your point, classic. Barry. They want what they've seen before. Yes. Yeah. 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 They won the classic CM Punk, the one we all love and remember, who uh, yeah. walked out on WWE and said, uh, <laughs> yeah. that they, they tried to kill him and then fired yeah. him on his wedding day, <laughs> and that he had no respect for Triple H and hated him. And uh, oh, anyway, he's back. Anyway, never mind. Anyway, fuck CM Punk. He's a he's a <laughs> he's a little bitch. All that shit he comes out with, and then he goes back to fucking seventeen billion dollar Saudi Arabia funded fucking shit house and kisses Triple H's ass. Um. So, Randy Orton also came back. Uh, Randy Orton came back, fucking oh. looking like Ryback. He was ju- yeah, he was yeah. huge. I mean, like he's like he didn't just come back. He's like he may have he may have like cloned himself and and uh, I don't I don't know like defeated the clone in Mortal Kombat and in, in in consumed his soul or something. Like he was he was looking like he, he looked about thirty pounds heavier. I would say yeah, but like and they so they didn't now they actually no they didn't announce it. They the Cody Rhodes did every Randy Orton catchphrase imaginable on Raw. To, to basically say he was coming back. So it's funny at that point, go funny on, you Paul. mentioned Cody and Ma- Drew McIntyre was in the match. He he basically did what they did: leave for a while, put on thirty pounds of muscle, and return. Yeah, mm. and now he's going to get his nice run on top where he wins all the belts. Um, God, he was huge. I couldn't believe when he came out. Uh, so I suppose we can we can use that to segue into Paul. You watched some of the Survivor Series. What what did you make of the main event and, and oh, the general? Yeah, yeah, I thought the main event was dreadful. <laughs> I really hate like it. What, what, no. what was it? It was um, the games, the men's war games. Judgment, the men's war games. Yeah. Judgment Day versus the baby faces. Yeah, Judgment Day versus Sammy Rollins, Cody, uh, Sammy Zayn, and ultimately Randy Orton. Uh, it was just a very plodding. Now I I concede I didn't watch the full match, so I I, I missed. I think it was like three on three when I tuned in. So there were still a few people to come out, but the match had kind of been on for maybe 15 minutes already at that stage. Nothing much to report. There was one one spot where they kind of threw JD McDonough off the top of the cage into an R- RKO, which was, okay. which was good, I guess. But I don't know. It was just, they just had a match where the baby faces kind of, after the point Randy Orton came out, the baby faces just, kind of dominated it there wasn't much of a back and forth in terms of yeah who's gonna win it was very much just a victory lap for the faces to do their moves and see like the last 10 minutes nothing really happened orton hit his big rko they did a few finishers crowd were loving it match ended cm punk come out all right see you everybody i'm kind of over the modern revival of the war games like i've i've enjoyed the aew ones with caveats <laughs> we i can go say, to cause... our expert on that mm. joe towner <laughs> You know, I I mean, we we've uh, the AW ones have been g- good, but always with a big a- big big asterisk. Something didn't quite work about them. Mm-hmm. A lame finish. I'm kind of over them. I just feel like they're not vibing with modern wrestling as well as I people would hope. It's just a cage match. It? It's just a cage yeah. tag tag cage match. I mean, this one was the most just a cage match I've ever seen. Except it's hampered by the War Games format where. You can't pin anyone until everyone's in, so it just yeah. loses. It doesn't have the heat either. 
that's fine if you've got like dusty roads bleeding over everyone and you know everyone's going mental but yeah i don't think they, like they did use one table in it because you can't have a match without a table these days it seems like um but yeah it wasn't it was it was so not a brutal fight it was it was mm. the exact other end of the spectrum like they, they they might they might as well have just sat down and played a game of like Monopoly or something. It was that violent. It, it just completely washed over me. I just didn't get what I was watching at all. All right. Well, that's not in the movie. That's why it's not for us, is it? You know, it's it's very very not for us. I'm afraid. Uh, also, kind of maybe not for us, but you know, lots of good stuff on it. We'll talk about Full Gear, um, which feels like a lifetime ago now. Um, uh, we'll run through. I didn't watch the full show. I kind of cherry picked stuff. Uh, how was the Sting Six Man? Was it kind of was it a Sting Six Man, Joe? I was. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. it was a lot of fun seeing Edge Sting and Darby together. They had a cool entrance, and then they did the you know fun fun little Six Man. I yeah, really, I enjoyed it. Uh, the first match I picked up on was Cassidy versus Moxley, which I have to say one of the more surprising results in a while i did mm. not see casting retaining this although it was one of those ones that when they did it i was like yeah I think that kind of does make sense because a lot of people ourselves included were, were a bit disappointed with the follow-up for cassidy after the first mox match mm. i think what better way to to get him back on the saddle than say okay this time i'm coming back better than ever and i'm actually going to win and I won't, I won't say decisively like he didn't squash mox or anything but a, but a pretty confident yeah. win this was not a a, a fluke type thing what, what did you make of this one I mean, the match wasn't as good as the first match. No, of course, yeah. No. But I like that Cassidy, you know, my kind of hope for the match was that it would be kind of a flip of the first one where, to an extent, Cassidy beats the shite out of him. Yeah. Which is the unexpected kind of, uh, based on the first one. And we, we kind of got that. It was an element of a banana skin to it with the exposed um, turnbuckle. But... Uh, I think this is kind of the story of the pay-per-view. AEW were very good for putting a show on paper and really over-delivering on it. Mm. This one, generally speaking, there was one match that stood out, and I think everything else was good to very good, but I don't think many of them over-delivered to the extent we typically get, and this was kind of the microcosm of that. We got at All Out what I would consider, for me, was like a five-star match. Cassidy and Mox. Mm. This one, you're looking closer to like three, three and a half. It was good. Mm. It was good. But I, I didn't feel emotionally connected to it, really. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we had the pretty anticipated crowning of Timeless Tony over Hikaru Shida. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Do you think so? I was like, yeah, I, I, was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I. I appreciated that it wasn't right. all antics. Like they still had Tony Storm do mm. more or less a pay per view match, but it was still too much for me. I, I think to really enjoy it. No, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I liked. I didn't understand the first that she had like tights on, and so when she put the little uh, spatula gimmick <laughs> in her, in her. In oh her, yeah, the, what 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 was it? Like a, it was a because it was supposed to be. I'm sure it was supposed to be some kind of forties movie prop. Was it? It was yeah, like I a, don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. Paddle thing. Um, it was like a plate or something. It was like a like yeah, a serving. Serving plate, yeah. Oh, it was a serving plate from the. Yeah, it looked like something it? Alfred would bring Batman's That's, tea in. It was Luther's yeah. serving plate, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, Luther, of course, yeah. And uh, it looked like it was going to fall out, but it was actually under tights. That's what was keeping yes. it. I, I didn't yeah. get that until after the match. No, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I would uh, generally say with Tony, 
I, I have a tendency to agree that sometimes it's a bit much. I didn't feel that yeah. here. And I actually very much enjoyed the speech on Dynamite as well. Um, but I take your point that sometimes it's a little bit on the nose. Uh, Big Bill and Ricky Starks retained the tag titles in a four-way ladder match. I skipped this one. No, I, I, heard, I heard it was good. Yeah, I heard like even if you're jaded on modern ladder matches, apparently it was totally. good. Totally. This was a, a little bit less of a stunt show, a little bit more mm. of a, a fight to climb a ladder and grab a belt. That was good. Alrighty. Uh, and then we had uh, um, Julia Hart defeating Chris Statlander and Sky Blue to uh, be crowned the TBS champion, which I know was a CSP moment uh, <laughs> uh, that we were we were waiting for. Kind of kind of assumed when this was a three way that this is the way they were going yeah. right right down to the exact finish of, yeah. of stealing the pin yeah. on Sky. But I, th- I think right thing to do go with the hot hand. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. what did you make of this one, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Um... Very good, very, very good, very good, very enjoyed it a lot. I think Julia Hart is in the right time and place to be this mid mid card women's champion. I think she's yeah. very good, good, good act, and pretty good wrestler. She's come along a lot, come along well. still so come young as well. Away. Yeah, that's that is the crazy okay. thing. Um, because uh, she's like obviously now when you, you're crowned a champion, you kind of think you're you're set, but like she's yeah. still only she's still I would still consider like a prospect in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, at 22, but um. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, new TBS champion. Uh, then we had the talk of the town, really the show stealer for the night. Um, we had the Swerve Strickland, Hangman, Page, Texas death match, which I thought was spectacular. And in a phrase, pretty much just what I want out of AEW. Not necessarily this level of violence every single week, obviously. Sick death match. Uh, yeah, he is back. Yeah, just like rolling in glass and blood. Weed whacker and up the ass. Weed wow. whacker up the ass <laughs> and down the throat at the same time. So you're get, your guts are shredded like a Mortal Kombat fatality. Um, no, no, no. I But like this type of just two guys who are just trying to rock and kill each other, you know, and that's the, that's mm-hmm. the, the vibe for the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I I thought I thought some of the hand wringing was so funny. I mean, it's just it's definitely one of the more violent things I think from tele from major league wrestling in a while. But I mm. I mean I don't know I, I I can't say I was watching it going oh my goodness my monocle the, falling in my champagne flute. The only bit was the blood in the mouth spot was the only yeah. bit I was like oh. Okay, I I, I agree to Other that to that, an extent. It was, was fine in terms of you know people can get sick in that, but mm. like. It, it's it's kind of the equivalent to going to McDonald's and ordering a salad. It's like taking a bump off a ladder is not good for you either. What? Yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> What's like, the McDonald's salad thing? Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what that has to do with McDonald's salad. It's like if you're gonna go if you're gonna go to McDonald's, you know it's not good for you. You know it's unhealthy. Right. Why try to supplement that with a? Oh, I'll go there. You're saying I think wrestling is inherently unhealthy. Yeah, drinking well, yes. blood isn't as bad as drop, taking a tombstone off a ladder. I, I will clarify, he, he didn't drink his blood. He spit it out. Um, oh, you're right. That's just, that's just, like fishermen catch and release, you know? <laughs> exactly. So let's, you know, he didn't drink his blood necessarily. He's not a well, vampire boy. But, you know, I mean, if you were to ask me, Paul, which would you prefer? Uh, get a few droplets of someone's blood in you or uh, a bit of barbed wire wrap around your face uh, off a chair shot. I'd probably drink drink the blood, to be honest, and, and risk the little illness that could come with that. The barbed wire chair thing was great. The barbed wire chair, the slow motion where it wraps oh around my God. his face. 
they they should be replaying that every week for the rest of time. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's insane. The dynamite uh, yeah, intro will just be a, a still shot of that. Just a still of that. You know. <laughs> Um, it's like look in in, in moderation in, as you said Barry in, in in small doses this kind of match even with the extreme blood in the mouth gimmick they're not doing it every week you know um and this is kind of the vibe almost i would like the war games matches to feel like albeit with not so much weapons but that kind of yeah. that kind of yeah. vibe yeah. two lads who hate each other and they fucking fought and beat the uh. fuck out of each other that's Especially with like in the WWE when they put them in the cages first, I'm like, that's a cool idea. Like they're they're just they're at each other's throats so much that they have to be put in cages, but it's just never reflected in the tone of the matches themselves, you know. Which is what you know. And Hangman obviously in this one just running down and just fighting Swerve as quickly as he could, you know, was a was a great touch. Yeah, um, I I did love, even though it was kind of out of tone with the rest of the match, where Hangman had Nana on the apron. And Nana, in negotiation with Hangman to escape his life, said, I know what people love. They love when I do the dance for them. So, Hangman, here's a freebie for you. Please let me go. I love it. it like, <laughs> and then killed him with the daylight through the table. Uh, little old me. Little old me and my dance. Uh, I'm great crack. You're not going to hurt me. I thought that was so good. And then of all the things, like a dead eye off the apron through the table. It was great. Um... Uh, yeah, no, this was spectacular, and and you know, pretty pretty big feather in, in the cap of Swerve to have him beat Hangman in Hangman's match twice, um, twice now, two and So uh, hopefully that's that's confirming what we've been talking about, which is uh, big things for Swerve in the new year. So there you go. Uh, I tapped out on the show here. Uh, how was the Golden Jets defeating the Young Bucks? <laughs> did it did it happen that, that's it, that's it, it was all right it was it wasn't a young bucks match it, it was a totally yeah. forgettable tag team match. it was forgettable all right but, you know considering the stakes the golden jets disbanding i mean yeah <laughs> i if they had had to break up i might have given up watching aw I had a, yeah, it's, it's a good thing they they yeah. won because i mean this podcast wouldn't be happening you know um if they lost but um yeah. uh, and then he also had the main event which i also didn't watch um, can't be arsed recapping all the fucking MGF is hurt stuff. Who cares? Everyone knows it at this stage. A week and a half later, I thought yeah. it was. I did watch. I did watch those bits, and I just thought it was so lame. I just thought it was so lame. The the teasing that he couldn't teasing he could have a match, and then putting actual injured Adam Cole mm. in the match. Oh my god, this is so weak. This is so so weak. So uh, I I obviously watched this. I I watched it the next day because we were out with uh, with friends. Yeah. I didn't see any spoilers because I say I'm not on Twitter. I don't go on YouTube. I, don't, I literally got through the whole day without any Excellent. spoilers. Didn't even have to try. I just don't see anything about wrestling until I talk to you two. <laughs> this is the only opinions yeah, you're not, on wrestling you're not on I get. Twitter anymore. So. It's from Paul and Barry, which of course are the only ones worth listening to. So yeah. I, I was like, oh yeah, the match was pretty good. I thought it was a decent main event. I didn't, I didn't like all the storyline stuff. I thought it was a bit silly. Uh, you know, him, him doing the injury thing and can he come back? Fine, that's a bit hackneyed, but. It's a classic wrestling thing of will the babyface yeah. make the main event, whatever. But then all the other stuff made absolutely no sense. You know, it, it should have just been that um, Jay White was going to win by um, default and they were doing yeah. a 10 count or something. And then Adam Cole comes out and interrupts to kind of delay things. And then MJF comes out. That would have made more sense to me and would have been yeah, the cheapest I, 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 I agree. I agree. Like Instead of all this silliness. Um, but I liked the match itself. I thought it was okay. I know. I, I, I found out. I since found out afterwards that I mean, I looked on Cage Match. <laughs> and fucking hell, 
people obviously despised this main event, and I've, I've sensed the reaction is not as uh, ambivalent as mine was watching it. I, I think people are, are, are kind of seeing this as representative of the change they don't mm. like in AEW, um, and I think it's getting I think it's getting like punitively voted on that. But I, yeah, I, I think I, it's a bit of a yo-yo effect. I think the pendulum swung too far back in the other direction mm. because of a reactive kind of oh this isn't what I wanted. I kind of I, I am in your camp, Joe, in that I thought the match was was relatively good, but there's a nagging feeling of like what if we had just had the match without yeah. all of this storyline that presumably the match would have been better than ironically hamstringing mm-hmm. yourself with a, a leg injury angle um uh which you could have done in the match anyway <laughs> during yeah. the match um so it felt it felt you know i was kind of disappointed in the sense of it felt like we had a a nice, a nice thing taken away and replaced last mm. minute with an inferior version. I thought the match itself still was good, but the, the, the pendulum effect yeah. might have swung people in, in the opposite direction a little bit too far than what was realistic. And I agree that they could have done... If I actually quite liked the idea of a pay-per-view with a through-line story. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the uh, pre-show went off the air with MGF is injured, what's going to yeah, happen? Yeah. I thought that was clever at the time. I was like, oh, that's cool. We go into the pay-per-view not knowing what's going to happen. And then they announced that it's going to be Adam Cole versus your man for title. I, I thought that was a mistake. I, I would have done, we don't know what's happening, right up until pretty much the main event. And mm-hmm. as you say, we're, we're going to start counting them. Adam Cole comes out, I'm going to sub in. I've talked to Tony Khan. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And Jay was like, fuck off. That's not happening. Fuck off, that's not happening. <laughs> a brief beat down. Yeah. You know, on Adam Cole with whatever realistically he can do. Just have him on the floor uh, with, with Jay White in mount rain and yeah. punches down on him or something ambulance noise got off we do the oh we steal the ambulance whatever that gimmick drive it drive into the arena which is something that aw never fucking do like that's the, the spot drive into the arena come out and then ding 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 oh i'm hearing from tony khan this match is on or whatever but uh the match mm. stuff was still fine i mean it wasn't as bad as people make out although apparently mgf hurt himself quite badly on the uh, on the elbow drop to the outside oh yeah yeah, yeah uh, the table. Oh, baby, that table wouldn't have held up a feather. <laughs> um, and uh, but the match was still, the match was still, still decently good. I, I just wish that they had given us the MJF Jay White match that I was excited to see, and not, yeah. uh, not do it this way. But generally speaking, I would say the the pay per view was not a disappointment, but not the over deliverance that we typically get from AW. Aside from the Swerve Hangman match, which justifiably got the five stars it deserved so they teased uh, a signing during the week i think most people kind of guessed who would be based on um you know a couple of factors it was osprey yeah about it i i you know i'm glad they didn't tease it more than they did because it's kind of like it's good signing it's someone they, they should have signed but it's also someone who's been on their TV a lot and so it's kind of yeah bringing in you know mercedes or the other people you could speculate on but you know yeah, in terms of AEW's recruitment, though, I think this is the kind of signing that they should be yeah. going for. So a, a young a young guy who ha- is not necessarily overexposed on, on American TV, one of the best wrestlers in the world. You know, I mean, the, the example recently is, is, is Edge or Adam Copeland. As a, as a signing, I think AEW generally needs to stay away from those things that remind you of TNA from the... Of course, yeah. Good old yeah. days. I think Adam Copeland, in and of himself, 
is fine. I think he he's playing with Christian. Christian, the hit he's been, that's fine as kind of an outlier. But generally speaking, I don't think we need to see any, many more of those. I would kind of try to be on the, the 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 cutting edge of having the new exciting talents. In terms of, you don't necessarily want to sign the player who scored a thousand goals. You want to sign the player who's going to score a thousand for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Osprey is right in, in in terms of what I would like to see them bring in. He's the kind of archetype of that signing. So I was very Absolutely. happy. So yeah, no details on the length on that one, but I'd imagine it's a, a couple of years. Uh, and he's not coming in until next year. Yeah, so I guess he's going to finish up commitments with New Japan and stuff like that, which is right. interesting. Um, uh, bit of an, Again, this is another thing that feels like it was about a month ago at this stage, kind of a weird anomaly. Ronda Rousey showed up at a Ring of Honor match uh, before or after. No, it would have been after a Dynamite or a Rampage or it something like after, that. It was after, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think there's really much to because I don't think she signed i think it was just kind of like she had an indie match at the weekend and i think it was just kind of a a one-off i haven't seen any indication Mm. elsewhere that she signed which is very weird but um yeah i don't know what to make of that i don't know what to make of that um because a lot of people like oh why on ring of honor why not advertised why not x why not y i was like that that all just points me to the to she must not be like if yeah. they had signed her and were bringing her in, I think there would be a bit more of a beat. That might be worth an old tease on Twitter, shall we say, of, uh, <laughs> of, of, of so-and-so yeah. showing up. So I have to imagine this was a last-second circumstantial kind of, mm-hmm. she's in town, she can team with Marina. Yeah, um, even if it was a last-second thing, her showing up on Dynamite is, is sending a very different message than her showing up on, yeah. on Yes, yeah, yeah, because people are going to wonder when she's back. So yeah, so not, not, not much to that there. So uh, here's a question. Given how unimpressive her last run with WWE was if she was available to it and open to it at not necessarily a killer of a contract would you go down that road with Ronda Rousey as a no uh, was shaking his head no no yeah the last run was pretty bad the last run was pretty bad and I mean, the fact that she's just wrestled in Ring of Honor <laughs> kind of shows you where she's at in terms yeah of I yeah I, didn't, I, I wouldn't think so I, I think the 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 water cooler celebrity name she she doesn't really have that anymore and then amongst the hardcores i think most people don't really care for her anymore because of the last wwe run so i think and as you were saying there about like what kind of i feel like because she's still around she would still ask for a lot of money i can't i can't imagine that would be worth it i i i would say no unless she because she did an indie as well over the weekend unless she keeps doing those and she's really like she's back up and she's like yeah, the reviews are the reviews are through the roof and she's moving a few tickets on the indies as well then i would say okay let's let's see but as of right now coming off the wwe thing no i wouldn't you know what i would like get Go her on. on blood sport yeah that'd be cool see how that goes because i wonder if her doing you know she was obviously doing the kind of the wwe style it'd be interesting to see her work a kind of more mma influenced you know blood sport yeah. style that might be. I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm curious if she is going to do more indies. It's weird. I'll say that much, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's the uh, was the wrestling uh, uh, news there uh, for now. We'll chat. We'll chat about television shortly. Yeah. Um, one one last question. Go on. Tomorrow, all in pre-sale. Yeah. You lads, are you going to wait and see? Are you going to pick up some tickets tomorrow? And um, have is there been anything on prices? Because I'd had a quick look, but I haven't seen any news on anything leaking. I think some of the package stuff is out, which is always oh, right. the stuff that comes out first. If you're getting a 
hotel and a fancy seat and a oh, take right. take home seat. I think that stuff is out there, but that does that doesn't interest me. Yeah. None, none of the other stuff is out as far as I'm aware. There's a seat map with no prices on it. Yeah. Um, I love that and I gotta give credit where credit's due. The CM Punk debut stealing all the thunder from the all yes. Yeah. I don't think that was on purpose, but I, I bet it, I bet they appreciated uh, it anyway. I'd I say bet they a, a certain element of it might have been on purpose. Um, um to answer the I'm question. Gonna, yeah, you go. Uh, well, we're going to go the same same group who went last time. It's looking like I do. I don't think I'll be buying the tickets the moment they go on sale. I do want to see what the prices are because mm. the group of us will need to coordinate right. what the budget is and all of that. So let's see. But I'll be going for sure. Uh, I feel like I will probably ultimately go, but I'm I'm not I'm definitely not. I didn't sign up for the pre-sale. I'm going to be a closer to the show. Let's see. I'm just I'm just so mm. I'm so not into the shows right now. And it's kind of like, it's just, obviously it's nowhere near as expensive as like going to America for a medium. It's like, it's not like, it's not like the cheapest trip in the fucking world to go to London for a weekend and, and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm really down on, 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 I'm out, I'm kind of half out on wrestling at the moment. So, you know, um, but it's good. I, it's good with anything when you have that feeling to take a break from it. There's totally, no, no yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with, especially because I mean, look, it, it didn't sell out. They did phenomenal business last year, but it didn't sell out this year. It definitely won't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can do the old waiting game and classic pro wrestling. Let's see if they can put a card together that makes you go, "Oh, mm. okay, I have to be there for that." Like I would love if they do end up doing like Nigel Danielson. I would love to see that, obviously, mm-hmm. um, to the degree that if that was on the card and everything else didn't interest me, I'd probably go. Uh, right. But we'll see. We'll see on we'll that. See. Uh, we have a quiz this week. We do. We have a little, mm. a little quiz. Joe, you inspired me by by your your excellent. I give credit where credit is due. Excellent edition of of only Lore Connect last week. So I've d- I've done it again. I I think for the time being, this is kind of the the one of the better quiz formats we've used. Yeah. I think we can be really creative yeah. and really tough with it. So I did make this quiz last week. We obviously didn't do a do a. <laughs> Do a, an episode, but I, I saved the file and we'll, we'll, we'll use it this week. So we've got exactly the same as, as, as we did last week. We got six uh, categories and we'll go one at a time. And again, it's to get as soon as you can the uh, connecting tissue between the four items mm-hmm. in the list. So do I have a coin to flip? I have a packet of chewing gum. Uh, Joe, do you want the extra cool mint side or do you want the ingredients side? Uh, ingredients, please. Uh, correct. So, Joe, mm-hmm. would you like to go first or second? I'll, I'll go first. Joe, you're first. Okay. Question one. Uh, what connects these four items? Uh, mm. Number one, Adam Cole. Adam Cole, baby. Um, of course, Joe. If if you get it now, you get four points, three points, two points, one point. Yeah, as you yeah, go. yeah. If you, if you don't get it, Barry, you'll no. pass over for a one point steal. Adam Cole. I'm going to say multiple time Ring of Honor World Champions. It's a very good guess, Joe. It's not correct. Uh, number two, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Adam Cole, some more drill. You get your thinking cap on there. I'm, the oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> Adam Cole, Samoa Joe. Mm, longest reigning Ring of Honor champions. 
it isn't, I'm afraid. Uh, number three, Booker T. Booker. Hmm. Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, Booker T. Booker, Adam Cole, Um... Nothing's jumping Nothing's out of me, Booker T. Um, they've all used a Uranage as their finish. Mm, interesting. I don't, I don't remember Adam Cole using it. I don't think he has, but there you go. Good guess, though. Uh, Shot in the dark. You know. Last one. Hopefully this will be the clue you need. Renee Young. Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, Booker T, Renee Young. Uh, this is tough. Yeah, it's a tough one. Renee Young. No, you have to pass. Nothing. All right, we're going to pass to Barry. Barry, do you have any idea? I have none. Oh, my God. Um, well, I'll tell you what. If, if neither of you get it, I will give you a fifth name, and you can shout on. out for, sure. for a point. Okay? I got nothing. Fifth name. Page. People who left WWE for AEW in 2021 or it's two. Not. It's a very good guess. Uh, I'll give you a bonus clue. It's very a very timely category based on what happened last night. Uh, they all debuted at the end of pay per views. No, no. Give no. it to right. Paul. What is we'll, it? We'll give it to it. So. CM Punk returned last night to WWE. This is just a coincidence mm. that I made this quiz last week. Do you remember the last time he returned to WWE? Those people were all on the pay per view. Oh, it was no. the the show. The show. The um... it was the panel of panel WWE show. backstage. Oh my god! Oh my Punk god! Joined. That is actually very funny that you did that. Yeah. Wow. Was a... right, nothing on nothing on the first one. All right, over to you, Barry. Number two. All right, pressure's on. You got Umaga. Um, okay. Uh, people who held titles under multiple gimmicks in WWE. It's not right. Um, number two, Rikishi. Uh Members of the Anoi dynasty? That'd be too easy, I would say. No, no. I, I will say, I, I, I can't give it to you on your first one, but you're, you're in the wheelhouse on that one. Okay. I, I don't want to get given out to after the, the rest of the win. You said, you said no to that. You, you're, okay. you were close in your first one, but it wasn't it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. Because um, I don't think that what, exactly what you said applies to everybody. Um, Umaga Rikishi, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I... Uh... People who had two separate runs under two completely different names. I, I will give it to you. It, it's okay. successful WWE character reboots. Reboots. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So not necessarily that they all held titles with both characters. Uh, Umaga. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I would say. I would say titles is a different. That's a different guess. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Okay, I'm happy with that. Umaga in, in three minute warning, and then yes. as Umaga Rikishi the Sultan and 
about very, five other things as well. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin remastered. The fourth one would have been L.A. Night. Yeah, mm. yeah, okay. So two points, Barry, on that one. Joe, Hurricane Helms. Hurricane Helms. Um, people that wore a cape to the ring. <laughs> no, oh, that'd be a great category. Uh, number two, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Um, are these people eliminated by Triple H in the 2002 Royal Rumble? They're not. That, that, that was a good guess. I don't think Jericho was in the 2002 Royal no, Rumble. No, he wasn't, but it was a good, good right time period. Good guess. Um, he was the champion at the time. Uh, Steve oh, yeah. Austin is your number three. I think I know this one. Oh, I hope Hurricane I Hurricane Helms, yes. Chris Jericho, Steve Austin. Austin. Um, Barry says he might know it. They've all beaten the rock. <laughs> it's true. Well, it's, it's not going to be true. Guess. That was my guess. That was genuinely no, what I was thinking. It's not going to be true for all four, I'm afraid. Okay. Uh, okay. Hurricane Helms, Chris Jericho, Steve Austin. Uh, I don't remember Jim Cornette ever beating the rock. Listen, back when he in training, you know, you pay your dues. Uh, Hurricane Hams, Jericho, Austin, Cornette. Uh, Jim Cornette. Wow, that's a weird one. Um, They all feature in uh, Botchamania memes. Oh, it's not. It's not. Good guess, though. Barry, do you know it? No, I haven't got the foggiest. No, no. What is it? No. Wrestling podcasters. Hurricane um, has a podcast. I didn't Hurricane know. had a podcast called uh, Highway to Helms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Like the other three, they, when you say that category now, yeah, oh yeah, Cornette, Austin, Jericho, yeah, of course. Hurricane's yeah. what threw me off there. I had no idea. Well, the first one is always a kind of obscure one, and the last one is kind of always the most obvious one. So we'll move on there. Barry, number four for you. Uh, Survivor right. Series 2003. Um... Events with Buried Alive matches on them. That is the correct Ooh. answer. Oh! <laughs> Four points. Wow. Uh, was the, was have... the easiest one going to be uh, Buried Alive, the pay-per-view? Well, In Your House 11 was number. It was going to be number oh, you four. Were, oh, you weren't even going to give very... Oh, you know. uh, no, I wouldn't tell you the answer, no. So it's Survivor <laughs> Series 2003, Bragging Rights 2010, Rock Bottom from 1998, and In Your House 11, 1996. Very good get. Uh, Joe, back to you. Mm. Put some points on the board here. Uh, number one, Grand Metallique. Grand Metallique. Um, people that wrestled in the 205 live tournament thing. Ooh. Yes, that was my first guess as well, yeah. The classic. Not, it's classic. not right. It's not right. Mm. Uh, number two, Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss. Uh... Is it all uh, like members of a family? That's correct, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> For three points. Wait, what? What family are they part of? Well, Grand, <laughs> Grand Metalik. Oh, Grand and Sonny. That's that's a great guess by Joe. That is a gr- I would Very that good. would have been one of those ones I would have been stumped on. Yeah. The third one would have been Papa Shango. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Big and then, Daddy. Big Mama. No, fi- final one was Uncle Howdy. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Big Daddy would have been yeah. a great one as well, yeah. Yeah. So three points, Joe. Very well done. And last one for Barry. Now, there's still a pass over possible here. So let's see okay. how we get on. Edge. Um... People present at WrestleMania six. <laughs> nope. Very good. Uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, making his second appearance of the uh, yeah. People who who have beaten John Cena. Nope. Again, it's not going to be true for everybody. Here. Not for Drew. Uh, the Dudley Boys, number three. People who've beaten the Undertaker. Oh, also very good. Possibly also not true for all four, though. Uh, so Edge, Chris Jericho, the Dudley Boys, and Meng. I'm trying to think, that why would Meng be the easy answer? Mm. <laughs> that, that is often what my process is. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who wrestled at the 2001 Royal Rumble? It isn't. Joe, do you know it? Steel Joe for Pride. Edge, Chris Jericho, the Dudley Boys, Mang. No, no idea. No, no idea. <laughs> okay, this this is maybe a hard mode one this week. Go on. Uh well I'll tell you, including what if I was to say including the invasion? No. Uh, oh. <laughs> they they all represented WWE in the invasion. Well, I don't think Meng did. No, they were the huh? final WCW champions. Uh, Edge was the final US champion in WCW. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jericho yeah, yeah. Jericho was the yeah. final world champion. Dudley Boys were the last to hold the WCW tag team titles. And Meng, maybe best known, is the final ever hardcore champion. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he actually, no, because he, he, he was in WWF and on their side in during that angle, but they'd already killed his push at that point. And they never mentioned that he was the hardcore champion either. Well, no, he, I, I don't think he brought it with him because he joined. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He absolutely That was prior to. And they just never, they just discontinued the hardcore title. Yeah. All right. That was, that was a good quiz. Uh, yeah. I think only Lore Connect is a, is a winner. Um, it's, it's brought the goods uh, for, for many in addition to CSP. Okay. Anyway, final score uh, was Barry is our winner this week. Six to three. I never, I never usually have. Usually, I, Joe typically trounces me in these one-offs. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll take this with pride. Um, we'll jump into TV here. Uh, don't need to to go over everything. But uh, what was uh, again? I, I really was willing AEW to just, just shock me and be like, okay, we're doing this fake G one thing. It's fucking awesome, bloody blah, blah, blah. And it just, it did not feel like a special occasion, and so I didn't get around to watching these. What, how, what did, what were your takes, boys, on the? The Continental Classic matches. Let's do Dynamite first, which was Swerve versus um, Jay Lethal. And then um, uh, the other one was... I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Mark, um, Mark Briscoe and Mox and Jay White Roosh. Roosh, yes, yeah. How, what were your thoughts on just those matches, I suppose, from the show? And how are you feeling about the tournament early early doors here? Uh, they were They were good. They were solid. Pretty good matches. Yeah, the tournament as a whole... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm a fan of the format. Are you it's over just, tournaments? It, yeah, I, I don't mind. I like a one night tournament. That's my kind of thing. I like a yeah. nice King of the Ring 
right, you've got to wrestle three times in a night and win a tournament sort of thing. When there's like, cause you look at those two blocks and it's just going to be loads of matches. I would say like the, the people that's, that are in the lineup is exactly what we kind of wanted, which was not cramming it full of <laughs> jobbers, but actually putting like quality people in there. And you've got like a Mark Briscoe and a, a Daniel Garcia in there, who obviously aren't going to win very often, but it's a good lineup and it will lead to good matches, but I'm kind of like, yeah, what's, what's the, why? I don't, I don't, what's the, who cares? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you, you get this triple crown, which obviously means more to Tony Khan than it might mean to the <sighs> everyman viewer. I mean, the reason the G1 kind of works is that, yeah, you got a lot of banger matches in a short amount of time, but also the winner, it's kind of their Royal Rumble. The it's winner the Rumble, gets yeah, yeah. The main event at Wrestle Kingdom. So if this was like, I know we're very far away from All In, but if this was even, you get the main event at revolution or double or nothing or something something yeah. tangible to say okay this is why i as, a, as viewers should invest into this and care who wins do i care who wins the new japan strong open weight title or the no. ring of honor world title or this mystery third title not particularly um that being said i thought i thought this the swerve jay lethal match felt the most just procedural like i i didn't for yeah. a second Jay Lethal was going to beat him. It was a very straightforward match. It was, it was fine. The other two matches I thought were great. I thought Roosh, uh, JY in particular, was like excellent. Nice. Okay, uh, good. Briscoe and Mox had about as good a match as you'd expect them to have, which was also very good. Um, the matches on Collision, on the other hand, the Claudio, um, and actually this will segue me briefly into my uh, power rankings. Go on. So it was Claudio mm-hmm. and Garcia and Brody Claudio and, Garcia and Eddie. And Brody Eddie. Claudio Garcia is fine. I find it very, I don't know why, but I find it very hard lately to get excited about Claudio. He's very mm. good, but he's like, he's like season two of Mandalorian to me, where I know it's good, but I feel totally disconnected and I'm just watching it. Every episode is like a seven out of 10. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it's good. But I yeah. don't know. I'm not feeling it for Claudio at the moment. The match itself was fine. I was kind of disappointed that Garcia didn't beat him, honestly. Um, and then the other match, the, I mean, Brody, Kings, Brody against Kingston was the best match on the show. I generally thought that Collision was had a poor week this week. I actually really enjoyed the three-hour block from the week before where they yeah. did Collision and then Rampage after. Home run. I That was with the Roosh-Dax Harwood match, which was great. Totally enjoyed that. I felt that this, this was a weak where it wasn't particularly strong. It wasn't pretty. I, I, I know they were just doing it because of preemptions and stuff. I feel like shuffling around, and I'm no fan of three-hour wrestling shows. I think a much better use of, of you know, AEW and TNT have presumably agreed on this many hours of content. I think a much better use of, of, of that Rampage hour would be on, before Collision, uh, therefore allowing your, your B show, which Collision is, to have a bit more juice in it and feature more people, get more mid-carders over, then the death slot on Friday night, you know, but mm. another conversation for another week. Um, yeah. Let me, so yeah, quickly... so it seems, you know, it, oh. it kind of seems like a, a soft start on this tournament then it seems. Yeah. I mean, I, I, lo- I would be on the other hand. I like the tournament a lot. I like the matches we're getting from it. I mean, we're getting, um, swerve Jay white on dynamite this week, I think, which surely will be another banger. Um, so I'm all for it. I just wish that there was more kind of at stake more to be into um i do quickly have my my top five uh yes not, i'm not going to do it every week this is what i've i've learned from the pilot because i think it's 
it's too difficult week to week to no have. no no yeah as AEW found out once once every few weeks I think so here's my here's my list um, number five uh, same place as last week he hasn't moved at all Samoa Joe okay. uh, this is this is the hot so Samoa Joe uh, mm-hmm. still in there number four new so this is gonna be like the charts who's up and who's down who's new yeah. new to the charts number four uh, after a great showing at Full Gear Hangman Adam Page good stuff. Uh, like what he's been doing lately since the Young Bucks uh, exit stage left. Uh, number three, Roosh. Always get yes. excited when he comes on TV. What what a great, great performer. Uh, and then number two and number one are still number two and number one from last week, but they've done a swapsie. Christian Cage down to number two. Oh. And number one is Swerve Strickland. Very fair. Very fair. I mean, Swerve is the man this week over Chris. I think that's a fair ranking. No, Julia. Julia didn't make the cut for you. No, Julia. Julia's near, but again, this is like when she comes on TV. I'm not yet at like leaning forward in my chair. Right. This is yeah. This is the okay. I'm, I'm okay. into her, but like these are these are the guys who who get me uh, get me excited. These are the paying attention. These are the paying yeah, attention yeah, yeah. big time segment. Okay, go on. And you're not my not my get him off my TV five number five Adam Cole. I don't yeah. want to see him until he's healed. Yeah. Not only because this the stuff is, is not particularly good, but also it lessens the impact of when he does finally return. Yeah, there's not gonna be any big oh my god, it's Adam Cole. Like, you I, know, I, I don't the, you know. the the side effect of people getting injured is that they go away for a while and absence makes the heart grow fonder, i.e. Randy Orton last night. Yeah. Uh, new at number four, Penta slash Alex Abrihantes. Yeah. Cold. Cold cold as ice. Uh, number three down from last week, the Hardy Boys, and number two down from last week, the Young Bucks. We have a new in at number one. Go on. Uh, after uh, an attempted murder on um, Roderick Strong on last week's TV, and a dreadful promo on this week's TV, Action Andretti. Uh, oh, I really? Yeah. I do not need to ever again. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's one of those guys who I think is suffering big time from them cutting the YouTube shows. I think he should be on a yes, YouTube show. Yes, yes, but I mean, God, he tried to he tried to make Roderick Strong's neck gimmick into a into a shoot into a shoot. Yeah, <laughs> was that last week? Was it? They had a match last week. That, that was on last week's uh, Rampage. Yeah. Okay. Oh dear. Um, that's the hot and not. There you go. Uh, for for this week, uh, thank you very much. Uh, any other notes on Dino Might? Uh, the Tony thing, I heard pretty mixed things on it. Did you you like that? The Tony like song that. It was a perfect parody of an Oscar speech. What's not to like? Yeah, well, maybe you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> I well, want that, you know. Yeah, but this is the same show where you got Roosh against fucking Jay White. There's good shit on it. You're not gonna like it. I, I know, but that's the thing. It's just I would like it to be that show, but we, I, we won't get into that. That's all. That's well worn. Um, what does they say? Flavors of ice cream? Oh, don't give me the ice cream. Don't give me the ice cream. You know what I do when I go to the ice cream parlor with a nickel and I, <laughs> and I, I say, excuse me, chief, I've just gotten my allowance there. Get me a, a, a thimble of, of delicious iced cream. Do you know what I do? I get one flavor that I like. I don't. I, don't. Can I, have, I mix can I have, up. Can I have sixteen different flavors, please, including the ones I don't like in one bowl, please, boss? Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Uh, anyway, uh, elsewhere on Dynamite, what? How was the? Uh, I was about to call it a christening. <laughs> the, the re- it was the rechristening. The rechristening. Oh, well, yeah. Did they say christening or did they say baptism? No, rechristening. The rechristening. Okay, so so what is what what is his name now? What are their names? Kill Switch. No, Kill Switch. Killswitch is the dragon. Yeah, yeah. Killswitch is the dragon. <laughs> and who's the who's the little fella? What's his name? He's he's the prodigy, Nick Wayne. 
Uh, yeah, it's got a nickname rather than a new name. Yeah, they I, didn't I you, uh, yeah, because I guess I guess jokes aside, they couldn't actually do Nick Cage. I guess they no. couldn't do that. You could do Nick Nick Wayne Cage, but they didn't do that either. Oh, Nick Wayne Cage is awesome, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's, that that would have been cool. But the prodigy is is good. The, the segment itself, I thought, was a hoot. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, it it was it was very like the archetypal parent who favors one child over the other so he had luchasaurus get down on your knee get down on your knee now i'm not asking get down on your knee luchasaurus finally goes down on his knee and he says okay you're, now you're called the you know, kill switch whatever nick wayne immediately without being prompted hits the knee christian goes you don't kneel for any man <laughs> <laughs> so great christian's um, the man yeah it was very very good and then nick wayne's mother came out she got bumped um oh really yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they're going to hit her, hit her with the concerto. That's <laughs> so, hard. So, yeah, this, this is what I love. I love when the heels do this, do this shit where, where you know, this is the classic Jim Ross going, "Oh my God, give me a break." This, this kid, he got no respect for his parents. Uh, and then Edge made the save. Of course, as usual, Christian hit, you know, run for the hills. That was actually, um, I know I, I wasn't here f- briefly for the tag, the six man from the pay per view, but. Christian hitting the low blow on Ric Flair and the whole storyline the whole storyline of Christian going Adam when I get you in the ring I'm gonna break your neck and then any moment like Adam Copeland came close to in the match Christian was scarpering he was running like a scalded dog brilliant brilliant stuff like to the point that at the end of the match Christian was like nearly out of the building (laughs) he had run away from Adam Copeland so far so Adam Copeland made the save for the uh the uh, the Nick Wayne's mother. Okay, yeah, very 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 fun segment. Very and then Luke, uh, Killswitch had a squash match with the the boys, Dalton Castle's lads on Collision and Adam Collision attacked them as well. Yeah, looking at this Collision lineup, yeah, it doesn't look like much really. Well, it's, it says they've got a wheel here from Adam. Did he say anything interesting? Or? Oh yeah, he cut a promo on Christian saying they're going to have a match on Dynamite. So it was the 6th of December. So it's not going to be at World's End. It's going to be on uh, a Dynamite they're doing from Montreal. Edge versus Christian for the TNT title. It's been a while since they've done a, like, weeks in advance build-up of a TV match. I'm I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, look, you said said Collision wasn't. We're looking at this lineup for Collision. Yeah, I don't think nothing else we were talking about. It wasn't that was, like, bad Bad. or skippable. It was just, it was fine. You know, it's like, like we've talked about before. These like fucking MCU shows that where you watch them and you're like, yeah, that's fine. Mm. But like, why commit your time to watching something you don't actively care about or enjoy? That that was kind of well, not enjoy, but like it was one of those detached feeling. Oh, it was fine. Uh, so that's wrestling for the week. Yeah. Uh, we'll segue into the movies. Uh, who's watched the movie this week, boys? Two weeks of movies. Two weeks Ooh. of movies. Yeah, I watched one movie. <laughs> <laughs> the two I'm I'm curious about this film you've seen because I've heard mixed things. I'm interested to know what you made of it. Gareth Edwards, the creator. Yeah. Um, I quite enjoyed it, but then I'm also predisposed to kind of I I've liked all of his movies to some extent. You're a Godzilla lover, you know. I'm a Godzilla lover. Mm-hmm. I liked Monsters, which came out before Godzilla, and probably is why he's, he got the Godzilla gig. I liked Rogue One. I did fall asleep during it, but I I liked Rogue One. I, I liked, liked Rogue One. One. Um, 
Has, am I missing anything else he's done? That's pretty much Those it. are the big ones. Those are the big ones. And so and now, the creator, this is his, like his sci-fi opus. I remember seeing yeah. a trailer for this before Oppenheimer, and I was kind of like, oh, the fucking movies are back. I was like, no, well, it's, you know, it's, uh, then I never ended up seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way I describe it is it feels like a Neil Blomkamp film before he went shit. Right. Okay. So it's it has a kind of a District 9 feel to it, maybe a little bit of an Elysium feel. Elysium I didn't think was that good, but it has that same kind of vibe to it. Very good CGI. Yeah, I thought it was perfectly solid, perfectly good. Um, probably the best David Washington film, like performance I've seen. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't blown away by him in um, Tenet. Anything I've ever seen. <laughs> I've only seen him in Tenet. It, but, well, yeah. Black Klansman, he's quite good in Black Klansman, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry, I take that back. He's good in that. Okay, yeah. But yeah. I think this is like the best acting wise i've seen of him um yeah it's a very strong very strong sci-fi um like i said good action good performances across the board uh nice little story a topical story about ai as well yeah and uh while it wasn't like blow away or anything that i'd necessarily say to run run out to see i mean i thought it kind of over delivered on what my expectations were for it um, it's not quite got the scale uh, in terms of your Godzilla or your uh, Rogue One. It does the, the last third of the film isn't a big war scene. It does keep it fairly right. small, which right. Edwards is not so used to do. I mean, Monsters is kind of the last film he did that was kind of on that small scale. Um, but no, I thought it was I thought it was a nice a nice surprise. Not anything special or, or much better than that, but you kind of, I would say akin to something like Prey. Remember Prey on Disney? Yeah, Prey, I, I love Prey, yeah. yeah. I love the lines of Prey where you sit down and go, oh, I wouldn't expect that to be quite as good as it was. Maybe yeah, it's not something it's, you'll necessarily rush to rewatch, but it was, it was very good. But that's fine. I mean, we, we, we need more of those things. I know they were touting in the promotion for this that it was like, it is a big sci-fi epic. It looks like a big sci-fi epic and it had a budget like only like 80 million, which these days is nothing. But it looks no, good. Like it, it, it yeah. doesn't feel cheap necessarily. But the funny thing is, it like it also didn't even come close to making that back. Sadly, which is you know, so if you were hoping for the return of of, of the mid range sci fi epic, maybe maybe next year. Well, speaking um, of the return, just before we go to next review, what did you make of the news of David David Robert Mitchell is finally coming back after uh, Under the Silver Lake killed his career off seemingly for another crack at the It Follows. Uh, oh friend. yeah yeah like because i so i saw that news and i was like oh interesting yeah and then i was like what has he done since it follows and i went on letterbox i was like oh he's made, like, like he's made he's made one film and i guess it was Ooh. such a bomb that he uh, had like couldn't fucking make anything else for love nor money yeah and so i, I love i love that film that he made but everyone hates it <laughs> yeah so. i mean i mean i'd never even heard of it i had never even Great. heard of it so so hopefully he'll he'll uh, find it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I I would watch I would watch a sequel to It Follows. It Follows was great. I haven't actually wa- I haven't watched it since I saw it initially. Now that I think about it, yeah. but uh, I might give that an old rewatch in preparation for the second one. But there I have you go. to get a disaster piece back for the soundtrack as well. He was I, oh, very yeah. critical to that film being as good as it was. I feel like. I can't I can't imagine that wasn't like the second person they called <laughs> after they got him back like to to make that happen. Um, as far as new films go, I saw a relatively recent film called Totally Killer. Mm. Uh, which, if I could uh, sum this up in a way, you know, old uh, Christopher Landon, who does Freaky and Happy Death Day, and that mm. someone someone beat him to the punch on doing that style of film with Back to the Future. 
um so because he because he did you know um uh, uh you know groundhog day but it's a horror comedy and then he yeah. did freaky friday but it's a horror comedy someone else came along and said oh, what if i did back to the future but it's a horror comedy uh, it's oh. like it's so like if you made someone watch it and didn't tell them it wasn't by him you would think it was by him <laughs> so tonally like that uh this is a prime exclusive it's okay um like if i was to slot it in the land inverse i would say it's probably between that death day one and two so it's in that ballpark of quality, but not. I thought freaky. I loved freaky, but I don't think. I don't think this hit that heights. And it's it's basically as I said. It's 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 a kind of horror comedy where there's a Back to the Future style twist. A character mm-hmm. goes back in time, and oh my god, there's my mom, and and you know what I mean. I have to try and uh, uh, solve these things. It's it's fun. It's 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 uh, kind of like Paul was saying about the um, uh, the creator. I, I I don't know if I'd necessarily be rewatching it or it's a the top film of the year, but it was a very easy, uh, very easy watch with a couple of laughs. Nothing nothing too special. Uh, what was special was I rewatched Robocop for the first time in a while. Uh, it's still class um, uh, with Red from that 70s show being a psychopath, which I love. Um, and I actually, I didn't watch it for this reason, but then I did just learn about that Robocop documentary that's out now um, that's getting a physical release this Christmas. It's a four hour limited series and it's interviewing you know, Verhoeven, Weller, the entire cast and crew talking about the making of that first film which i'm very curious to see have, have either of you seen this this viral clip that's doing the rounds from it mm, you haven't seen this okay no. but this this was this sure. sold me on the documentary it's it's uh, it's like an effects guy and he's talking about how oh yeah we're in we're in the middle of, of shooting robocop and it was you know really grueling shooting and, and i came in one day and i had my lunch with me and it was just me and peter and peter was in the the robocop suit and i took out of my pocket this little packet of oreos and i started to eat them and Peter turns to me and he goes, Robo wants an Oreo. <laughs> and I said, Peter, it's it's just you and me here. There's no Robo. And he says, Robo wants an Oreo. Um, and he basically said that he wouldn't stop doing that until he was giving him an Oreo. And then they cut to Peter Weller being like, I have no fucking idea what that story is about. That is not true. Uh, which, which made me want to watch that documentary. I think I'll wait for the old Blu-ray. I think it's like on some streaming service we don't have over here, but it's getting released mm. later this year. But yeah, Robocop is great. Uh, uh, it is it is a classic, um, uh, and so I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. One classic that I watched that I have actually not seen before was Office Space. Oh yeah, uh, which I knew so little about that I didn't even realize it was a Mike Judge thing. I didn't realize mm-hmm. like as ubiquitous as it was that was his other big thing beyond um, uh, Beavis and Butthead and, and and the other stuff. Uh, good, enjoyed. I I. I uh, really funny eclectic cast like you know you got your steven root and jennifer aniston in there um uh you know um um uh, uh what's his name john uh, from scrubs john uh, c mcginley john, john c mcginley i always forget his name i always say john c, c. riley i always get thrown off uh, yeah really really good uh funny um uh, i, I it is kind of funny watching, and this is also true of the original series of The Office, it is kind of funny watching stuff like that and thinking despite certain changes, a lot of cu- office culture stuff is still, that was being ridiculed 20 years ago is like still the same. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like that that was funny. Uh, but yeah, enjoyed. Enjoyed the two of them. Um, so yeah, uh, good week for, for films this week. Uh, we'll jump over to the telly. I am I'm way behind. Uh, I think I'm well, not way behind. I'm like... Two episodes behind on Rick and Morty. I also have not seen the new Frasier. Um, are you finally on Frasier, Joe? Well, I am finally on Frasier, Barry. Yes. All right, you, 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 you wait. You tag in here on Frasier. I'll tell you the. I'll tell you the. We've watched the first two episodes of uh, the new Frasier. Um, I have to say the 
the comedy in the first episode is pretty dire. Pretty <laughs> bad. Thought, yeah. yeah. And the, oh, the constant uh, laugh track is just so bad. Like, <laughs> it is so, so bad. It's just that kind of almost like uncanny valley where it's just always the perfect amount of laughter every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's like the SmackDown pop. You just you, yeah. you hear it, and it's just the perfect sound, and you hear it over and over again. It just it, there was nothing kind of natural or, or funny about it. That really annoyed me. Um, Kelsey Grammer's pretty good. Nicholas Lindhurst is good. The new characters they bring in, they're not. I don't hate them. They're not terrible, but I don't really feel anything for them. Like they're pretty the, cotton piece the, the, out of any yeah. sitcom, might be, you know. Like the son, Freddie, who has had a complete sort of 180 from the original show. He's now a kind of sort of the uh, fireman, Martin Crane type character, right. which doesn't yeah. make any sense, but fair enough. That's the way that they wanted to have a contrast with the two of them. Um, so it had its kind of moments, but then at the end of the first episode, there is like just a beautiful kind of sad moment where they talk about the death of uh, Martin Crane. Um, and then Frasier and his son kind of share a moment and it's as good as like those kind of emotional moments from the original Frasier. So I was like, oh, that wasn't bad. Um, and then in the second, ep- the second episode was probably better, but again, it wasn't, it wasn't great. There were some funny moments. It did, I did laugh a bit, but, um, it's just got that kind of modern US sitcom style that's also a very old-fashioned style, kind of Big Bang Theory, where it's a lot of like line, 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 oh, funny line, hey, come yeah. back, funny line kind of thing. Whereas I don't, the fr- original Frasier felt a lot more or get, you know, real in yeah. terms of the, the, the dialogue. It does have, if you take Kelsey Grammer out of any given scene, it's like, this could be any yeah. sitcom. This could be anything. Like, those characters are very generic. They're very mm. hard to really, like, they're not, there is no Niles. Do you know what I mean? Not just literal Niles. There is no replacement. There is no character on that level mm. as immediately identifiable. Oh, what a great Frasier character that is. Yeah. There's no Roz as well, you know. The kind of the kind of Dean who's like, who's kind of like, I, I guess she's like a Frasier fangirl to a certain extent. Mm. There's nothing really distinctive about her, um, unfortunately. I, you know, I, I, I think... I, I think it shines the best with grammar because he's he is still that performance is still really stand out and funny. And in the in the later episodes, you might see they get into some classic Frasier setups of episodes right. and allows him to do his thing, and that elevates them above. But I, I actually did find then all the other stuff remains pretty weak. The, yeah. You know, there, there's not a turnaround in the writing in the second half, unfortunately. That's a shame. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep watching it, but it's you know. I would never normally watch something like this unless it was same. One hundred percent would not watch this kind of thing. But anyway, there you go. Any other TV for you? Um, I watched the uh, episodes of The Simpsons that you recommended two weeks ago. Oh, really? I was going to ask Paul about that. Yeah. Did okay. you watch? Did you watch those as well, Paul? I did indeed. Yeah. Go on, take us through it. I thought they were shite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that feature done. We won't do that next week. That's that over. I I I didn't laugh once to be honest i just it felt it felt so kind of gentle as well it was just a very like there's a little story and here's a few things there's no like kind of interesting jokes or edgy jokes or kind of clever jokes it was just sort of yeah something yeah it was not it wasn't as bad as some of the stuff i've seen from the last like 10 years when i have dipped in but it also wasn't something i'd want to watch okay yeah 
What were you making of that, Paul? Um, yeah, I didn't laugh once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a waste of experiment. No, 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 no. Because actually, I, I'm doing a little bit of a bait and switch here. I thought they were very interesting, more than anything. Yeah. Because yeah. we have had, for the longest time, The Simpsons' golden era and bad Simpsons. And that's been the divide. And I feel like in the interim years since I've watched it, because you might recall, I actively watched The Simpsons up until like fucking. I was thinking of this for some reason. Yeah, as I was as I was like pitching you like the other week, I was like, Paul was watching this up through you. I more I think than any other person I know, you stuck with it through the dreck, you know. So it's interesting because I feel like Simpsons has almost divided itself again into like a weird third category yeah i would say so so you have like the golden era which obviously will be untouched you have the the utter shit the shit yeah and then you have this third thing which is like it's like a different show again almost it's like i don't think it's as bad now to be fair that fourth episode the one that i watched unprompted yeah I i thought it was terrible these three i thought they were like it's weird because simpsons in its peak, does a good marriage of clever and dumb very mm-hmm. well. I feel like these episodes were either clever or they were dumb, but they were rarely clever dumb. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. Like the uh, the Cohen brothers uh, parody, the Flanders the, one, yeah, Flanders, uh, a serious Flanders. I think it is. I thought it was like you know, if this wasn't Simpsons, if this was. I don't know, for argument's sake, a Rick and Morty or a... American Any other animated thing. thing. Some yeah. other animated thing. I'd be like, you know what? This was a very solid Coen Brothers parody. I didn't think it was necessarily funny, but it was like smart and it was clever and it was well written. And I was wondering where the plot was going. and I was kind of in on it. I thought, you know, it's, it was like perfectly... And this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment. But it was like perfectly watchable, perfectly tolerable. Yeah, that's what, that's what I call this third category. Tolerable Simpsons. I, I would say, like with Joe, I probably wasn't enough to like get me involved uh, into watching it again or checking it out anymore. But like all three of the episodes, I got something out of, which is more than you can say from mm. most of the Simpsons I've watched since season nine, and actually including parts of season nine. Like yeah. I would hold up the Lisa's belly episode. Like I enjoyed that more than Girly Edition from season nine, for yeah. instance. Yeah. Um. Which girly edition is what I hold to this day as the episode where it's not necessarily Simpsons good to that point, and now Simpsons is like it's a bad episode, but it's like that's the realization I had in my last walkthrough, walkthrough, well, re- review, rewatch. Uh, girly edition is the point where I realized, oh, we're through the Looking Glass now. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you they know? can make a honker this bad, then it's it's we're it's on the over. other side. Yeah, but like Lisa's belly is a perfect example. Like I thought the um, the core story had like heart to it. It was well told. I felt for Lisa. I got what they were doing. You know, it was almost like an inside out kind of Pixar mm. manifestation of of her insecurities. I thought that was all really well done. Again, did I laugh during it? No, but I kind of no, appreciated. Not a very funny episode, yeah. <laughs> I don't sound super pretentious, but I like I appreciate intellectually what they were doing with it. Um, what was the other one? There was that one. There was the Flan, uh, serious Flan. Um, fucking. The pigs, oh, the Marge and Homer get uh, lost. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Again, 
I liked the kind of relationship stuff in it. Not in a, it was funny way, but almost more in like a drama way. I kind of enjoyed that, it. That is a weird one. Cause yeah, I, I, cause that one, I don't even think was really shooting for comedy very much at all. In no. that one. Um, not really at all. Yeah. So it feels like structurally the, the episodes are completely different to what we know as like good Simpsons. Um, but I feel like the, the, the worst of Simpsons, what we know in, in the, the teens, the seasons, 15, 17, up to 20, up to the early 20s, those were shit because it felt like they were trying to replicate when Simpsons was good. Here it feels like they've said, okay, you know what? Let's just do something different. We can't, yeah. we can't do that anymore. Uh, one thing that I will say that I don't like about them is, okay, the, the most obvious thing Marge's voice is the single biggest argument in favor of AI I've ever heard. <laughs> I know it's so like like I'm it's one of those things where like I'm glad she's getting however God much love Julie getting. Kavner but yeah she, she can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's like but not even that she can't it's just like I'm like I feel like sore listening to it. Do you know what I mean? It's but just it, like yeah, it's like her voice is totally shot. She can't yeah. accurately do the voice anymore. Yeah, no, that was one thing. I, I've not seen an episode for a long time, and to me, I was shocked by the voices because they all sound off. Yeah, they sound yeah. off. But they all sound off. We're doing it for thirty years. Like they're all like you know when they, they watch um recast, they recast a bunch of them because yeah. they were like okay we're, we're going to get like you know people of the appropriate race to play X Y Z character. Well, that's true as well. But even with you know with the Lion King, the nineteen ninety uh well the original one the cartoon the original okay. mm. cartoon one and then the they're both animated but the the one that's CG one. CG one. No. James Earl Jones provides the voice for Mufasa in both movies, but sounds totally different because he's 30 years older in the second. Yeah. That's what I feel like with these voices. It's still Nancy Cartwright doing Bart, still Castle and Leonard mm-hmm. doing Homer, but they're like 30 years older than, than the episodes we've listened to over and over and over and over and over. So yeah. They're, they're all Most of Castle and Leonard's sound quite different as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like uh, maybe because she does such a limited amount of care. I feel like uh, Lisa sounds basically the same. She's, uh, she's the closest one. Because um, I think, I think Yardy Smith just does Lisa and maybe a handful of extras were needed. But also I'm Lisa sure. is very close to Yardy Smith's speaking voice. Yes. Yeah. If you ever heard her interviewed. Yeah. It just sounds like that's that. true. But um, um, I think, I think your hypothesis about like being in the era of interesting Simpsons, I actually think that's actually a fair way to look at it because as, as I was kind of saying, when I was kind of giving you the sales pitch the other week, I was kind of like, They've, for better or worse, they have realized that the, these, this season, these these episodes, they are not trying to be classic Simpsons because you can't be, you just you just cannot be. So I do think the show is trying to do something different. Do you know what I mean? And I I will say so. I I don't really have any recommendations since I last did this show because I've watched a couple of episodes and there was a couple of stinkers in there and a couple that I kind of like you were saying that I thought were like interesting and watchable, but not especially funny. There was another, I mean, I feel like Lisa is is someone who's really benefited a lot from a bit of life in the, in the writer's room. There's an episode where she finds, uh, finds out bleeding gums. Murphy's music has been like reappropriated for an ad and she goes and speaks to, to his, his son about it. And it's a really interesting episode, first of all, because it's dealing with that thing, you know, music being, you know, after an artist dies, blah, blah, blah. What I really like about it, spoilers, is that he's kind of whatever about it. And and she kind of has to learn a lesson about getting up in arms about these things all the time 
uh, and kind of like you know bothering people about it rather than than letting yeah, him knowing be your place. In his life. Yeah. knowing your place yeah not inserting yourself into like this this your grieving son's life it's again it's not a barrel of laughs but it's it's there's a couple of decent chuckles in there but it's it's more kind of interestingly narratively more than anything else which yeah. i think you kind of ha- i think they kind of have to just try and explore these characters in different ways because they've you know there's not the the joke mines have been have been emptied i think um, the thing is i yeah. find the, the animation just it being so clean as it is doesn't lend itself to being funny yeah i, I just uh, don't so like much. most modern animation really I just, no, and also they weirdly I, I don't know if this is an, a conscious design change but they like even when characters are delivering like sarcastic or biting lines they animate them with like big smiles yeah. i don't know if that's like a disney disney mandate of like wwe when you come down the ramp, have a big old smile on your face, no matter what you're doing or saying. Simpsons feels like that to me, because there was one line, I don't forget what it was, but I think it was in the Serious Flanders, Bart was saying some, something to somebody. And the line wasn't written for him to have a big smile, but he did. And I was like, that kind of kills the line, in a sense. And so the animation, I just don't think, like, I always liked in the old classic ones, again, comparing it to that, but like Homer with the big bug eyes and the, mm. you know, exaggerated features. Now everything is too standardized and too clean and too i don't know it just kills the vibe for me a little bit but look the episodes for me i would say passed the test let's say um not to the extent that i would watch anymore but they were you know they were definitely hmm. better than i expected they were going to be especially the uh the coen brothers one i think was the one i enjoyed the most because it felt more like a standalone interesting story that happened to feature characters from the simpsons right right uh, okay, interesting. Yeah, so maybe maybe we'll we'll, we'll have a follow up maybe in a few weeks if we watch any more. Um, while we're on the subject of shows, we're both watching. I haven't. I'm behind on Rick and Morty. What do you, what do you what are your takes on it as it stands? Uh, I haven't watched the most recent one. I, I watched episode five. I didn't like it at all. Have you watched last week's one at all? Uh, five. Uh, I we were having problems with the fucking channel four player, so I saw like half. Is that where they're back chasing the evil Rick, or is that? Yeah, so yeah. this was the one that felt actually like it played into the overarching story, but I right. just didn't like it at all. Um, worse than the Simpsons episodes. There, there you go. That's the, wow. <laughs> the most damning criticism I can give. Because I've, I've been pretty up on the season to this Same. point. Yeah, yeah, I think it's been good. Did not like five at all. Haven't watched six yet. Uh, any other TV for you this week? Yes, I finished season one of Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, great <laughs> you'll be surprised to hear great finale great episode great series of TV so I'm going to take a little break before I dive into season 2 watch watch and close off some other stuff Nathan for you and shows like that that I haven't quite finished off yet but I mean most people have, will have already seen Mad Men but it's it's definitely one of those shows that's like you're happy you have so much of it to watch and that you haven't got around to watching yet for me, that's the same with Sopranos and The Wire. When I start watching Sopranos, I'm going to be like, ooh, still got seven seasons of this to come. It's a very nice feeling to have. So Mad Men, you know, 10 out of 10, thumbs up. It's fucking, it's brilliant. And um, two, two other new shows. I don't often, I'm, I'm usually one for catching up on shows after the fact, but there's two new shows that I checked out. Uh, first one is called Monarch Legacy of Monsters. This is the Godzilla show. Oh, yeah. It's an Apple on, show, uh, is it? On oh. Apple TV Plus, which... I would probably watch anyway because I'm a Godzilla guy. I've seen 
literally every Godzilla movie that's ever been made. As discussed on this show. As discussed on this show. <laughs> For 42 Godzilla movies I think I've watched. Give or take. So I'm going to watch the Godzilla show. I'm going to fucking watch it. And it has got surprisingly good reviews as well. From... Yes. Not from comicbook.com, but from proper... Actual, actual outlets. Actual people. Um, so I've watched the first two episodes. There is a third one out that I haven't got around to yet. I will say it's fine. I'm not quite to the point where I'm like, yes, this is an Andor level success above what it ought to be. It feels a lot closer to a run-of-the-mill Disney Plus show. Not necessarily in a negative way. I, I am enjoying it. It's got some really good performances in it. It's got the uh, one of the more inventive things I've ever seen, which is Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell playing the same character in two different yeah. times, which is great. They look they they do look close enough that you can buy into it and believe. Mm. Um, and it's you know there's some you know all the requisite monster nonsense you might want from that show is is of course there as well. So so far it's like you know it's like seven out of ten. I, I'd want to see a little bit more happened to get its grips into me but it's it's fairly decent so far however the show that i watched that i'm going to give my big recommendation to my big Ooh. thumbs up and i don't know if a lot of people have even heard about this scavenger's reign never heard of this so it's a new animated series on hbo max okay uh, i don't want to say too much about it because you, you kind of want to go into it blind it's not a comedy. It's a animated. What what I would like it to is like a, a Cronenberg sci-fi. It's about okay. a, a, a a team uh, um, of like uh, cargo shippers on a spaceship who get stranded on a on a distant planet. I'll say no more than that. Okay. Uh, the first few episodes absolutely blew me away i wouldn't say it doesn't stick the landing because I, I think it is still good towards the end it's maybe an episode or two long but it's like the first half of the series is like 10 out of 10 for me the latter half maybe eight or nine but it's still really good definite recommendation for this one i must see it's it's 12 20 minute episodes okay it's also not a huge commitment i it's, it's hbo max so i don't know where legally we would be able to watch that over here, but uh, very, very highly recommend it. Uh, it's refreshing as well because it's a series unlike Monarch, which hasn't been created by businessmen in a boardroom hmm. going, what IP can we fucking squeeze some shit out of? This is people <laughs> with a vision and an idea who put a show together, and usually those end up positively. So it's called Scavenger's Rain. If you're in the US, it's on Max. Those first three episodes, my God. It's unlike anything I've ever watched before. So, so good. Again, not a comedy. It's an adult, certainly an adult animated series. Well, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for the kiddies. Um, but it's not funny either. Don't expect it to be like a, a Rick yeah. and Morty. It's very dead serious. Uh, super good. My God. Excellent. Um, I watched some TV this week. I've, I watched three separate shows with with beloved character actor Clancy Brown this week. Huh. Um, just by coincidence, uh, <laughs> I do like him. Uh, he is quite good. I watched. Uh, I finally got around to watching as a, as a big Spider Man fan. I finally got around to watching Spectacular Spider Man, which is praised by a lot of people as as the best animated show, surpassing the nineties one, which, which mm. pricked my ears up. I was like, mm, 
let's let us see you damn kids um i watched two episodes of it pretty good uh, standard stuff in the first two episodes you get your we got your electro and who's in the first episode can't even remember the vulture uh, it's good yeah nothing 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 too blow away so far but i, I i'm enjoying it um uh, yeah you got clancy brown keith david a couple of other interesting names popping oh, up in the very in the, good voices in, in the voice cast um so so yeah two episodes in and and much like the uh, the 90 series low stakes first couple of episodes but but uh enjoyed them uh, one thing that I want to watch that I've never got around to is the Batman animated series. Oh, never watched a Batman. I mean, no, I, don't, I don't say I've never watched it, but like to sit down and watch it through. Okay, the the, the box set is like always on sale on no, on the there, old, there is a, there is a Blu-ray box set in the house already. Oh, excellent! I also have one, and actually haven't watched it since I bought that. Um, I don't think mm. you're a Netflix subscriber, but if you if anyone listening is, they I'm just not. added it like last week. So if you're super lazy, you don't like swapping discs. It is on Netflix as of this no, week. No. Um, I like so, doing uh, the fucking, not being fucked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Please, Netflix. <laughs> no. uh, okay. Um, I think you will. I think you will love that show. I'm, I've never been more confident of anything than than that. But um, okay, okay. Check that out. speaking of great voice casts, also featuring uh, Clancy Brown, I finally got around to starting the second season of Invincible, which is the uh, ro- other Robert Kirkman comic book sh- uh, show beyond the work, The Walking Dead. I know he has like seventeen Walking Dead spinoffs. This is his other comic book thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to be reductive, because I think Invincible is really cool, but it's an evil Superman thing. It's J.K. Simmons right. playing evil Superman, and his son, played by Stephen Yoon, is is like, whoa, whoa, don't be evil Superman. What's up with that? Be nice Superman. Um, one of the craziest voice casts of all time, like, just absolutely ridiculous. Yoon, J.K. Simmons, Zazie Beetz, Mark Hamill, um, Herschel Ali, so on and so forth. And for season two, in the first episode, they've already added uh, Sterling K. Brown. Like it is like it is like that Christmas episode of The Bear in terms of people showing up. You go, oh, oh, it's it's. Let me pause. I want to do Amazon's thing that tells me who that is. Uh, phenomenal cast. Um, yeah, first episode okay. Set up for things to come. Proper setup episode, so I didn't love it, but um, interesting where it goes. This show first hit two and a half years ago and people have been like what is going on where is the rest of the show season two finally came out a grand total of four episodes amazon put out and and they're taking a mid-season break until january Uh, it's uh, it's on that gravity falls schedule yeah so i'm i've heard great things these better be the fucking four best episodes i've ever seen in my life um (laughs) uh i'll report back next week on that staying on amazon prime and staying with evil superman i kind of begrudgingly watched the first episode of gen v Mm. which is that the The boys boys spin-off now i had no interest in this i actually think it's like kind of depressing that even the most cynical superhero parody thing has a spin-off show has a fucking extended universe Universe. yeah i like so so like kind of disappointing and lame but enough people that i trust were like no but it's good but it is good and so all right i will watch it i watched the first episode and i actually did really enjoy it so i am going to stick with it one thing i will say it does have a, it, it, it maintains the deep obvious cynicism of the boys it gets that across a lot in episode one one thing i think it actually does have over the boys is that i think it has a real actual protagonist that is likable because the mainline boy show is going so heavy on its shades of gray and it's kind of smarm i don't really i don't really like jack wade's character in that show at all it's all about billy butcher but who's also a dickhead you know whereas you know marie who's the central figure of 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 gen v is way more kind of like 
actual Route 4 protagonist, which I like. So it's basically, they're in like a, a, a Vought soup university, basically. And 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 that's that's the premise. I won't get too much into it. But good. First episode, good. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm going to stick with that because the reviews have been have been really positive. So um, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs up on all of those shows so far. But I, I am early on all of them. Um, mm. Yeah. Anything else there before we jump to the games? Um, Doctor Who has returned uh, last night. It is back. CM Punk, yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's his music! (laughs) Um, This is the 60th anniversary, so there are three specials to celebrate that. And David Tennant has returned as the Doctor. Now, he was... He is and was by far the most popular Doctor, I think, of the the modern era of Doctor Who. And watching the episode, I have to say, he he does it better. No one does it like Tennant. He just he's got something. The way he balances like the silly kind of comedy bits, but with the getting a bit more serious and the pathos, he's just on another level to all these other guys. I think they should just give it to him permanently. Just fucking have David Tennant be the Doctor. Um, but they're not. They're going to have him for three episodes, and he's going to then regenerate into the new guy. Okay. Um, also back is Russell T Davies as the showrunner of Doctor Who. So he was showrunner again from like 2005 to, I forget when he left, it was about six or seven years. But again, that was the most popular era of the shows as it came back. Um, and the episode, I have to say, it was really, really good. It felt like that kind of oh, old new Doctor Who was back, that kind of 2005 right. to 2010 era was back. Um, just very funny, very kind of sweet moments between the characters. There's some aliens going on and things blowing up, but you know you're more interested you in do. characters. You know it's not just some thing. So I'm I was very excited. Look forward to the uh, the rest of them. Uh, it's funny that so Catherine Tate was back in it as well. I haven't seen her for a good few years. Is she yeah. still doing? Uh, she still doing um, what was it? Computers says no. Am I bothered? They did a movie with the, the old lady character. Oh, the Nan they, thing. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have to imagine that was a big flop, flopper movie. It, it has uh, no uh, director assigned to it. Uh, the, if you they, look at the credits. He was like, take my name off that. Take that's my name literally off what that. happened. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Um, yeah, I think you, she's literally doing guest appearances for the last 10, yeah. 10 years. Basically. It's funny though, because I was going to ask, he's, I know he's, he's doing quite well. I'm not trying to imply he, he fell off. Mm. What's Tennant been doing lately? I can't remember the last thing I saw him in. He's, he's around, obviously, but I, what, what's he been he in? He does those nativity movies, doesn't he? What? That's the only thing I ever see him going off. It's like this Christmas movie he does every few years called The Nativity. That hasn't been on for a while. I think he's been in like two or three of them. I have no idea what that is. I know he was in Marvel for a while. He did, no, well, Netflix Marvel, which I guess doesn't count yeah. anymore. Yeah. But he was quite good in He was, he was in guy. one or two of the Harry Potter movies, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. And he was quite good in oh, them. But yeah. again, that's tw- that was 20 years ago. <laughs> Not he, the later was, ones. He was in, they did a Around the World in 80 Days on the BBC, I think a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was in that. I think he's done quite a lot of like British TV. Oh, Good Omens. That was the other one with. Um, That's it, which is very popular. Yeah. Thingy. I haven't seen Amazon. that, but people like that sort of thing. So, yeah. He's around. He's, he does a lot of TV. He seems to do a lot of voiceover as well. So, yeah, he's working. He's not doing well. Know, he's not Iron Man, but, you know. Oh, he'd, be be. <laughs> he'd be a great <laughs> Iron Man. He'd be a great Iron Man. Oh, my God. He'd be very good. Um, That'd be, that'd be good. Anyway. Uh, that is Telly there. Uh, how many episodes of Doctor Who are there across 60 years? Is it into the thousands? Surely it is. Yeah, well, I some of them aren't available, yeah. right? They're like lost to time. Yeah, they used to do like one one in every night or something. Yeah, because so, they, yeah, like, so they were like, like serials. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's over a thousand. 
yeah, we'll uh, switch over to the games here very quickly. I finished just a few hours ago. Alan Wake Two uh, is fucking great. Oh my god, it was great. Um, if you gameplay wise, nothing like it. So don't don't come for that. But if you liked the vibes of Control. I would say Alan Wake 2 is a game you absolutely have to check out. But I keep in mind the vibe of Control. It's 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 that type of audio-visual presentation, but even better again. It's one of the best-looking games I've ever played. And, like, if you liked the way kind of you'd be walking down a, a hallway in Control and they'd overlay some FMV very stylishly uh, to convey some some exposition to you, they, they have done that. They have made that look like child's play, the way they have folded fully acted video live live video into this game it's it is one of the most incredible looking and sounding games ever it's also really scary that's the one thing i will say because it's not at all like control this is a real survival horror game this is like an old school resident evil game uh resource management genuinely scary you're getting jump scared you're fucking running around the woods with two two bullets in your gun it is one of those kind of games uh which is kind of where it tripped up a little bit for me second half of the game or not even second half final act of the game i was i was kind of like I was kind of the story was really interesting, and I was ready for it to end. And there was like there was like one too many fights in there. I was like, I'm kind of just, I'm trying to just see how it ends. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's a modern game problem, though. So many games have that. I'm not going to knock it too much. I did love it. Uh, it's great. Uh, it is. They they have been very vocal, very public about saying it's like about how they have like they are doing a connected universe, which in 2023 is not a type of thing I genuinely would care about. But it, theirs is so interesting. I'm like hell yeah. And it's like they're, they're not even teasing it or hinting it like first hour of the game there's like people from like, the bureau of control there they're just there okay. and there's like oh i'm from the bureau of control yes hello and then second half of the game it's just everywhere it's just all over the place like so they are they are fully just we are doing that like like you know it's people from the bureau of control going what the fuck is going on here with all this magic what's going on <laughs> we got to get this in a box you know and do you do you feel like it's important to have played the first one no uh well i won't say no uh i would say uh, i would say watch watch a five minute recap on youtube it's, it's I, i've never played any alan wake game so before this came out they were like oh no it's standalone you don't have to play it. having played it now i'm like ah, i i think i don't think you'd be confused i think you'd get it it's yeah. not you know you, you'd pick up on very easily via maybe, maybe watch a youtube playthrough yeah but uh, not even not even a playthrough i wouldn't say that much but but something a little bit they, there's a there's a recap on it uh, yeah. in the game it's completely okay. useless they tell you nothing it's like it's the most basic <laughs> alan, alan wake went on an adventure there was trouble anyway and it's like it's like it's one of the more useless previous ons i've ever seen i i would say you could pick it up completely cold and like i said you wouldn't be lost on it they they re, they, they they explain the very basics of it but um i would also say as someone who did play it this year for the first time in preparation for this game that first game doesn't hold up it's not great i i it's one of the weaker remedy games i it's also similar to this one actually it's longer than it needs to be it's 2010 so so you know we hadn't quite gotten the public didn't quite have a tolerance for walking around, looking at things, and talking to characters. There's way more combat than that game needs. I would not. I would not try and play this ahead of two. So I would. I would watch it. I watch a little read, recap. Read the Wikipedia articles. Or oh yeah, just read the Wikipedia. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and that's. I do. That's want, my... I do want to try that because I did love Control, and not necessarily for ironically the controls. I liked, as you say, the vibe. It was very Twin Peaksy for me. With this, this is the most Twin Peaks pilled game I've ever played in my <laughs> life. It is so shameless. It's so like like the other main character. You've got two main characters, Alan Wake and Saga. Saga is just Kyle McLaughlin from that show. She's okay. just Kyle McLaughlin from that show, which you which you will pick up on straight away. Um, so, so I will I, I will leave that coffee to, in this Alan Wake too. Lots of coffee talk. Uh, 
so much <laughs> coffee talk in this game. It's actually hilarious. Uh, anyway, that's my game for the week. What about you? Uh, well, similar in terms of having shit uh, previously on Spider-Man 2, uh, which I was like, you know what? I could probably benefit from a, a quick recap of the first game because I don't remember exactly how they left us with the like Venom thing and what exactly was happening with Vulture and Sinister Six and what. And yeah, the summary of the previous game is like uh, Spider-Man happened and then there was another one. Anyway, here we are. Yeah, again, also <laughs> completely useless. Yeah. yeah, you didn't fill me in on anything. Now, I did Platinum Spider-Man 2. Got okay. through it really, really quickly. Um, I see your point about the third act. I think I, I still um, quite enjoyed it, but it, it, there's definitely a, a, a not quite so well implemented version of like the start of Last of Us 2 applies mm. a little bit to the end of Spider-Man 2 in terms of it sure builds for two acts in one direction and then fucks that off for a completely different third direction. You're like, well, I feel now that the thing we've been building to for 15 hours hasn't paid off and the thing that's going to pay off hasn't been built to really properly. Um, also, too many bosses. I felt like I was just on a boss rush for the last 10 hours of the game. You do uh, walk outside for one minute, another boss, another boss fight, and then another one. And then another boss fight. Every chapter has got a boss fight towards the end. And it's like, well, don't have so many or space them out. And then the final boss will feel more epic and important. But it doesn't ultimately because you've fought five or six comparable bosses difficulty wise. So it was what it was. Uh, Yeah. I mean, the story was fine. Like I said before, I think I preferred the first first Spider-Man story wise. Obviously this one in terms of the traversal and the technical amazingness of it, it's obviously a step up in that way, but I don't know. It felt, it felt very safe to me. Um, yeah. yeah. My God, you know what I love as well? When you're fucking Spider-Man and you're swinging from building to building, the freedom of the traversal and, and it's just out of this world and the, the, the battle combat and the new, the new moves and the, weapons you can use the 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 tools to fight enemies so good you know what i love then you reach the final mission of the game i've I've been building for this oh you get to play as mary jane again in the final the final mission lads read the the room please no one what likes that i they the funny thing is they knew that from last time those missions are so kind of we're gonna this is gonna be so funny we're gonna put her back in the game but we're gonna give her like a gun and like she's taking out guards and so it's like a great bit it's like people go oh this is great they rectify because in the last game it's like she can't do anything you get spotted and it's instantly over and it's rubbish they i appreciate the attempt at a bit by giving her a gun and making her basically unstoppable those missions are still bad. They were still not fun yeah, to play. The, the output is the worst third-person shooter you've ever played. You've ever played awful stealth. Like still, that's the other thing. It, it's still rubbish stealth where it's like you're walking around one box to, yeah. to get around a guy. It's so rudimentary. Oh, please don't try and do a hilarious bit for the third one and just cut him out. Because they cut him out from Miles Morales. Like that game. Yeah, it was great. Which I've seen some people contest is the best of the three of them. I don't know if I go that far, but it, oh, it benefits from not having that stuff in it. I would, I wouldn't kind of be in that direction actually. I don't know if I, um, dis- I don't know if I'd agree, but I don't know if I'd vehemently disagree either. You know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was very good. I, I, I would be reluctant to downplay it to talk about it too much because it is a fantastic looking game. The combat and the traversal, as I said, is is better than almost anything else I played. And yet I came away from it feeling 
a little bit unsatisfied. Mm. But it's, it's still really good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm still on the Football Manager 24 as well. I actually, in, accidentally, the first Football Manager uh, I downloaded from Xbox Game Pass was the console version, which okay. you can also play on PC because you can play it on Xbox with a mouse and keyboard. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But uh, I, the console version is like a slightly simplified version of it, and I didn't realize and played four seasons through of that, going, why can I not change my squad numbers <laughs> on my team? Um, and then I was watching some YouTube videos and realized that there was options missing from my version of it, so I went and checked, and I would actually downloaded the console version by mistake. Now, the full Football Manager 2024 version is also on Game Pass, of course, yeah. So of course it is. So I downloaded that, but I meant I had to save, start my save over from. I was going to say I, they probably don't have a converter or anything like that. No, no. That's a shame. one thing you can do though is you can play your Football Manager twenty twenty three save in twenty twenty four. That's, that's a pretty that's cool. A, that's a cool little thing, yeah. uh, and it is still fantastic. It's man, it's it's it is a little bit statistics the game in terms <laughs> of there's not a lot of actual gameplay to it, but it's it's the biggest time sink you'll ever come across. Um very very much enjoyed i think i'm on my third season now in with my new save so really really into that and the other thing i've started is super mario rpg the remake the remake (laughs) on uh, on nintendo switch which i did play briefly on the um snes mini that came out oh yeah yeah Uh, but never finished it and this lick of paint i think is sufficient enough to make it more accessible to new players because the original version it, it is still it is just that but the original version also is a little bit obtuse in terms of how it displays its menus and damage and stuff it's a little bit too plain for people to get into today so they've put a lick of paint on that as well as the graphics that make it a little bit more akin to a early day paper mario um and it definitely feels like kind of paper mario zero Okay. It's not Paper Mario in terms of graphics, but a lot of the mechanics from the first two Paper Marios have been lifted directly from this. Um, excuse me. Um, so I'm like two hours into what I think is like a 12-hour campaign, give or take. So it's, it's quite short as well for an RPG, and it's quite linear. But uh, it's definitely got all the, uh, the weirdness that new Nintendo games tend to have. Even your Mario Odyssey, your Mario cart and your part party and WarioWare games and all that you know there was a point where nintendo was like let's start making our games kind of self-referential and funny yeah i think this is the genesis of that this is the first game in nintendo's uh, back catalog that ever did that obviously developed by um squaresoft wasn't a nintendo developed game but this is the kind of the genesis of that seed and it's very very funny um quite simple in terms of its control it's not a very deep rpg but it's kind of, you know, baby's first RPG, and it's perfectly fun and playable like that. I would say it would be a good um, first step for people who are looking to play that Thousand Year Door remake that's coming out maybe next year, because that's a much deeper RPG, much deeper layered RPG. But if people who aren't so RPG experienced, Super Mario RPG might be a, a nice first dip of the toe into the pool to get you ready for the mechanics to then play Thousand Year Door. Which is a much better game, but uh, yes, and it's it just reminds me as well how annoying it is what they've done with Paper Mario, where it's it's almost to the point where it's hardly an RPG anymore. It's just like a third person adventure game. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's I don't know why they've done that because I feel like 
the RPG people are just going to be like disappointed it's not as deep as it once was. Like me. But conversely, it's it's also, but it's also, it's like, it's not like it's now suddenly really accessible and people who like platformer no. games are going to start playing it because it's still like turn-based and stuff. I don't, I don't know to what end they've kind of no. done that, but. Hopefully the success, I'm knocking on wood here before the success has even happened, but hopefully the success of this South Near Door release will make them rethink about how they approach these Paper Mario games because they're not even allowed apparently to like have like kooky named so like in Paper Mario 1 and 2 you have your party of like it's like uh I forget the names but like Koopy the Koopa Troopa and right you know uh Goombilda the Goomba and stuff and Nintendo are like no they must simply be called Goomba. Goomba. <laughs> it's like, why would you strip all the personality out of these games? Like, idiots, Nintendo. But Thousand Year Door, I mean, fuck, it's one of the best games I've ever played. I, I probably won't replay it because I just replayed it maybe three or four years ago and completed it, so I'm not necessarily gagging for another crack at it, but I'm hoping that people really enjoy it, because I would love to see another Paper Mario in the style of those first two instead of what Paper Mario became. But yeah, Super Mario RPG, very good so far. Very much enjoying it. All right, early day. and uh, that is the game off there for the week. Uh, about the music, uh, a couple of bangers here on this list. Who wants to go first? Music makes the people. I have two albums of the week to catch you up on and listen to. Firstly, Jolene by Dolly Parton, uh, which is I wanted to follow Good up track. my my Johnny Cash. Uh, week with another bit of country but something i might enjoy a little bit more so i went yeah. for a classic dolly Parton. um so this this album features both jolene and i will always love you oh, um, which the original yes the original version which i you know as a kid that that song the whitney houston version was always huge but i think over the last few years i've come to know and appreciate and love that dolly Parton version more I only recently um, learned that is the original mm, very re- recently. Yeah. It's it's not got that kind of power balladness to it. It's much more kind of stripped back country song, but it, is, it has yeah. a bit more kind of heart to it almost. It feels more yeah, more, more real. Um there's some other good songs on there. It is very it is country. It's not necessarily my thing, but I, I did enjoy it. I like Track number two, When Someone Wants to Leave, which is about um, kind of one, one-sided one love, which is really a really nice song. Uh, and then Living on Memories of You. So it's, it's country. It's all very, yeah. I love you, but you don't love me. And I used to love you. <laughs> and all, it, was, it was very, very nice. A very, very, very good album. And then followed that up with uh, Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson, which was oh, her, yeah. her second Oops. album, but her first kind of, big album that was her, yeah I um, always thought it was her debut for ages because it was it was like when she blew up you know yeah another country pop album yes well I actually ended up well I'll take Britney isn't a country but I ended up with four kind of southern <laughs> yeah, US uh, are you doing another meta month I, where it's it wasn't four a, things it, I think it just inspired uh, look, yeah. you know the, each sound so yeah another album which I like I mean it's got some dance got some bangers on there Bangers behind on these there. hazel eyes. Since you've been gone, of course. Since you, oh, I love since you've been gone so much. I I um, prefer high hazel eyes. I gotta say, hazel eyes is actually my favorite as well. Controversially, yeah. I mean, we can we can respect KC here by picking two two separate uh, uh, faves on the album because it's such a banger. Yeah, and it and it's full of other. It's kind of great. So it's just got that kind of 
early mid 2000s poppy sound to it that you i feel like you don't find so much these days but just really yeah just really good pop songs um so yeah i really enjoyed that album two, two very highly recommended cds very good. Bust out the compact disc player, boys. Get the old, <laughs> the old car stereo going. Are those available on cassette, though? My car is from 2007. I, I, I'm going to go out to the limb and say, I think Jolene was released on cassette. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will go out to the limb and I will say that. Uh, Breakaway probably was it 2003. Yeah, they were still, they were still yeah, popping maybe. out cassettes at that stage. What about you, Paul? What have you been listening to this week? Um... Okay, so I've been listening to the new Andre 3000 album. Do you guys oh, hear I, about this? I've heard of it. I haven't quite taken the plunge yet. No. Because okay. he's, so he, he's busting out the pipes on this he's one. busting out the pipes. And I, I, I this is going to be a funny little story. So I heard that Andre 3000 had a new album out. I like a lot of Outcasts. Yes. I said, this sounds great. Uh, and I heard he's not doing any rapping on it, though. That, that was the caveat. So he's bringing mm. out a new album. He's no, he does no rapping on it. I said, that's fine. He's a perfectly good singer. So I also misunderstood. That's no, no, no. You keep reading. Keep reading the fine print, sir. It goes on for another little yes, bit. I, I, I understand that Andre 3000 has got some fine pipes. Yeah, I have no problem with that. <laughs> uh, so yeah. this new album, New Blue Sun, as it's called, is Andre 3000 literally playing the pipe. Or some variety of pipes. Is it so? Is it like pan pipes? No, no. It's like a it's like a classical pipe of some kind. Like I a don't know. clarinet. Like I, I, because yeah, I've, yeah. I've also just seen people describe it as pipe pipes, and I'm like, well, that's that's a wide berth of is, potential instruments. Like a like a flute. Okay, okay, okay. Like I should just listen to this. I'm actually kind of curious. So, well, first of all, so this album feature is an instrumental kind of, I would say, ambient music. It's very, okay. very, very backgroundy. So some of the music is a little bit more akin to what you might find on like an Outcast instrumental, a very okay. like laid back one, and then other ones are just pure Mayhem. ambient music. No, no, the oh. opposite. Pure, the opposite. just like not much happening. The album's also an hour and a half long. Well, we know we 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 know how we feel about that on this podcast. You know? It's got it's got eight tracks. Uh, the first track what? is tw- is tw- twelve and a half minutes long. And that's well, I, suppose, I mean, I guess if you're going for ambiance rather than here's a here's a pop single, I guess yeah. I guess you would do that, wouldn't yeah. you? So, so, Joe, I remember you had some issues with the uh, the names of the tracks on the um, Queens of the Stone Age album. Right? Oh yeah, let me let me run by you some of the tracks on on Andre 3000's New Blue Sun. Uh, so, track one is called "I Swear." I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. What? That's the name of track one. Oh, uh, track two is called The Slang Word Pussy Rolls Off the Tongue with Far Better Ease oh, Than the Proper Word Vagina. Do you agree? This is no, that's not oh, it. That is honestly not the name. And, oh, and track three, God. the admittedly, I actually quite like the name of this one. That night in Hawaii, when I turned into a panther and started making these low register purring tones that I couldn't control, shit was wild. How do you, how do you, when you're at the water cooler and you're talking to your buddies about this album and you're like, oh, what, what, which track did you read? Like, like you're, you're, like, you're not, like, for the second one, would you just call it the pussy song and just for short? You're not going to say the full name, <laughs> I, I, I just say track two. 
like, would you, or would you say, or, or, or you just sum it up that I like the tiger one? You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I, where you played the pipe for fifteen minutes. Yeah, because yeah, it reminds yeah. me of this is this is a complete tangent. I wasn't going to talk about this because it's not an especially noteworthy game. Earlier this week, I also played a game called Yeah, you want those games, right? Well, here you go. Now let's see you clear them. That is the that is the actual name yeah. of that game as it is listed on Steam. Um, so yeah, so I I don't know. It maybe maybe this is a, this is a, a a current trend in like humor that you and I are not privy to the super long title. Yeah, um, track four. Bipolo disorders daughter wears a three thousand registered trademark button down embroidered. Was it he, 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 did he did he say bipolo or did you or did you stutter on that? Uh, bipolo disorder, all one bipolo, word. Bipolo, okay. B u y p o l o d i s. Oh, ba- oh, that's actually kind of good. All right, I'm back in. Bipolo I'm back in. Bipolo is really good. So, like, were you into the actual ambience of it? or? <laughs> I mean, I quite like track one. Uh, and then by track four, I was like, right. Do you think you kind of like... I've been here for 40 minutes and nothing's happened. Like, this isn't bad, but I get it. Mm. Yeah, to an extent. It, it, would, it would be like that um, fucking... Was it a, a Noah match where they just looked at each other for half an hour before the match began? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I, you know, I've enjoyed this to a point, but let's let's fucking do something here. All right, you've got me. You've once again got me back in. I'm gonna listen to this. Um, like track one is interesting and it's got a nice little flow to it, but it's also 12 minutes long. And then track two. By the time you get to track two, you look at it, you go, track two is even longer than track one. You're like, oh, come on. I just man. listen to this while I'm working, just to you know. That so might I'm be not- the way to do it. Honestly, it's it's not something to sit down and give your full attention to for an hour and a half. You, you'll yeah. just be bored. Yeah, I think if you're if you're if you're going that long and you're you're making something so abstract and ambient that maybe yeah. that is that is the point. Okay, interesting. I might check that out actually. Um, that's music off for the week, and that's going to do it for the Chair Shot Podcast. Uh, we will be back next week. I'm actually away next week again. My God, remember at the top of the show we were talking about consistency. I mean, oh, you just you just can't uh, you can't beat it. Um, uh, but the boys will be here. Uh, they'll be giving you your, your. They'll be doing the C2 math, AEW's tournament math. They'll be figuring out who has the most points. Uh, um, they'll be going. Oh, well, I love. By the way, just before we finish, go on. That they sh- they show the table after the end of every match. That's something New Japan never do with the G One. They're like fucking figure it out for yourself who's winning. <laughs> we which, don't is, know. We, which results in great audio on podcasts when people do try and figure it out, which I do yeah. love. So um, at the end of every match, they're like, "Here's the updated table. Here's who. Here's how many points everyone has." Perfect. Alrighty. So the boyos will be doing the the C two math next week. And uh, yeah, we'll probably have more Frasier chat and 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 whatnot, more Mario RPG. By the way, I was li- I was listening to a, a gaming podcast during the week, and they said Super Mario RPG, and they started singing the Donkey um, Kong Three, the the Nirvana the band the show the show song. Yeah. And the funny thing is, because obviously that thing is viral like on its own, they had yeah. no idea what the clip was called, and they were trying and they spent five minutes trying to figure it out, what and they, they. of course had no idea what it was actually from, which is really yeah. funny as well. Uh, so that was that was cute. That's the thing. You, we're we're in that little club where we know what that's from. Yeah, and most we can be really annoying. Don't know. There's no and be like, oh, well, you know, you should do. You should watch the show. I mean, people should watch the show. It's fucking great. Uh, I, I know that's the thing. Being really <laughs> annoying whenever whenever that clip comes up, like you know, you should, you should watch the show. It's really great. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll be back uh, next week. The boys will be back rather next week. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, we will talk to you all then. It's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. Bye, Paul. Goodbye. goodbye.